1: Every time.
2: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's
3: easy to understand what the currency of Africa will be backed by. It's the easiest currency in the world to back. Very good. And for me, the
2: Freedom coin is a gold coin. And people used to ask me, so... What are you going to do, crypto, and this and that? I said, crypto in America is crypto. My crypto in Africa is not the American crypto. Mm. My crypto in Africa is that you have paper. I'm giving you gold. Mm -hmm. And that gold, anytime you can flip it to the paper. But if you don't flip it to the paper, your value is going up. So Mm. I was doing that to stretch every goddamn currency on the continent. You know? And that was my way to respond to the Western world and the Asian world that you know this guy is not just intelligent he's a conqueror because i'm not telling you that stop spending your currency is not valuable i I don't have time for that i bring you the easiest solution for you to see what value is and you exchange everything and shred all the currencies and then you start to have one currency and we can now talk that for me that's unity because the only thing that will make us come together to do this is how we can trade with each other what can we give each other and what can we take in return okay that will not make us need someone to give us something that we think we need that's the first thing to create united states of africa the first thing you need to do. 19 keys.
3: 19 19 19. Keys. i appreciate my pops for teaching me how to be a guy. from a boy to a man and ultimately back to the united states of being to truth God. be as God's supposed to always move with that higher self. But I have to be able to execute it. Having knowledge is not power. The execution of knowledge is power. Knowledge makes a man unfit to be a slave. Because the only real knowledge you can get is knowledge of self. This is the highest level. The highest level is ownership. The highest level is power. The highest level is sovereignty.
1: The highest level is higher consciousness. The highest level is when we own our own culture. Excellent at a very high level. Not high level. Mm. A high I like love. that. It's time for a high level conversation. We're here for another
3: high level conversation. Another high level conversation. High level conversation. High level conversation. High level conversation. Tap in with the guy. Peace, family. I'm 19 Keys. Welcome back to another high level conversation. Today, we are here at a special in time. It is a representation of two entities colliding like stars to create a new universe. And in this collision, we are able to witness an observation that has not been seen before or has not been captured before. And the reasons that it has not been captured before are the same reasons that plague us as a diaspora. And today is about the unification and the reconnection of those energies bringing back together. You want to hear high-level observations from a man who has been able to captivate the hearts and the mind of his own people as a humanitarian, as a leader of wisdom, as a man of wealth and power, a man who obtained the title of philanthropist which is someone who serves the people and someone who gives. A man who has reached into his own mind and he has found a beast to be able to conquer in this world that is a jungle. A man who does not make excuses, who does not utilize, you know, the limitations that the world often place upon men when they give them boxes to check and tell them what they can and cannot be. That is a man who is a strategist. He knows to think his way through anything Anything that opposes him either gets crushed out of the way or gets stepped on to become a ladder towards the success. Great strategists throughout the world create campaigns and philosophies to live by and they stick by those philosophies. But men of vision are not just men that seek to destroy at all, they are men that seek to to build, architecting from their thoughts and then showing the world what is inside them in representation from the immaterial to the material. And when human beings have the ability to be in their rare conquests of self, then they can showcase that out to the world. These individuals are often unrepresented or even unappreciated. But sometimes you have the rareness for people to smell the sweet flowers of their success to the gratitude of the people that they serve and that they help. Today, this person that I've had the opportunity to spend a few days with here in Africa learning more about Ghana, learning more about his visions, learning more about his philanthropy, and also learning about the spirit of revolutionary that speaks and that is deep within his brother's soul as he has the ability to speak truth and power from a perspective of someone who has gained and reached a position that most will never be able to ever see. This is a billionaire. This is um, a, a man who has a very um, unique palette of taste and style, Right? Everything that you can think of from those people that you are impressed by, this man hones in on those things and he has those same assets, but that is not what makes this man valuable. What makes him valuable is the inspiration that you can see from the success of the things that he's done. He is known around the world, and now he's going to be known to your world. I'm speaking on none other than one of the most powerful and influential men in Africa, the Prince of Africa, Frieder. Thank you. My brother, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yes. you so much. Absolutely. First
2: of all, i like to thank you for this opportunity. I've come this far in life, not only by humility, by other obstacles in life that people have underestimated. And for me, this is a great opportunity to have put me on your platform so my message can be heard. Yes, sir. By The people who have realized that you have a gift. So right now, I feel
3: like you're sharing your gift with me, and I want to say thank you. Likewise. So let's just jump right into it. we here in your beautiful space, in your office, you know. Um, and I was able to meet some of your staff and your team. And since I've been out here, I've been introduced to some of the things that you build and things that you are building. And I've seen the esteem that the people hold you in, which is very high regard. We go to the city and we go visit the slave dungeon or castle and the people are screaming, Freedom, Freedom, Freedom. Freedom, freedom,
4: freedom,
3: First I wanna know, you know, how did you get the love of the people? Well, you know, our... A lot of people are searching for love.
2: You know, even in the Bible, it says that a man loves a woman. A woman does not love a man. I didn't hear anything like that in the Bible, that the woman loving their husband. They said a woman respects their husband, but the man loves. So it's out of that love that comes a creation. It's out of love that comes competition. It's out of love that a nation is built it's out of love. That a lot of things happen, but at the same time, the same love has tricked some of us because um, we give love for wrong reasons. Some people are giving love for looks. Some people are giving love for beauty. Mm. Some people are giving love because of money. I decided to give love to humanity. You know, because they're the only species I came to be here that I can resonate and I can relate to. So they make me realize that I have a world. As much as people want to change the world, I feel like people change my world for me because I resonate with them. So you know, I started to give away a lot since I was young, and the more I kept doing it, and the more I was relating to people, the more I was down to earth, to come down to their level. You know, the more my name kept ringing bells Mm -hmm. in the hood and in the ghettos and in the political industries and different types of places, you know? So that's, that's what love is. It's got wings. Yeah. You know, it makes you fly into territories where people kind of acknowledge your presence and when you're gone, your absence is felt. Yeah. It's a powerful tool that we use. Today, I think if I get a chance, I'll talk about a lot of elements in life and obstacles that these elements Fight obstacles, you know, to make you overcome challenges, you know, and uh, these are the codes of life that you know is more important than money, or materials, mm-hmm. or lifestyle. Yeah, you know, you need this inner intuitions and instincts to be able to activate the strongest parts of you.
3: Right, you know, you, you're one of the things that you do right as a multidisciplinary individual. Is you're a real estate developer. Real estate developers are interesting people, especially when you do it at a high level, because you have to find value and create value in many different ways. Right. And one of them is through your vision, right? And you have a vision for something, and then you see the opportunity and bring that vision and then you find ways to exploit that vision even more. Right? Give an example, you build a building, right? Building a building, you know, People don't think about the effect that that has around the local economy and the opportunities that come along with that. Then only it's not the occupation of the building that you'll make money from or possibly selling that building or increasing the value around or increasing tourism, right? But it also, we talked about earlier, add space on that building, mm-hmm. right? Now you're creating and you're owning the skylines, right? As a, first I want to know from a two-part position, right? From a very practical level, you know, for you and connection to your character, what does that mean to be a real estate developer and when it comes to your vision and then to regard that in a spiritual way at the same time?
2: Well, so first of all, I like to break down words
3: okay. probably because I think that's what
2: they taught us in school. You know, they taught us A, B, C, D and one, two, three, four. And as we're growing, the numbers and the days are turning around us, the clock and everything. So you, have, you might have to read so fast about what these words means, you know. What, what is the meaning of relationship? And everybody is going into a relationship. Yes, they get with the relation, but they find a problem with the ship later because, you know, they've gotten on some ship with a captain that could drop them anywhere. And so is real estate. It's simply telling you how can you build a real estate, mm. you know, by using the spaces that God has given us to manage. So I was getting different inspiration when I began to do this business, and I accidentally... Um, entered real estate industry. But what I do is whatever industry you put me in there, I'll dominate the place. Mm. And that's my mission. You put me to build a country, I will make sure my dominance will impact society. You put me to work in a hotel, I'll make sure I build six of them by serving in a hotel. So I had the opportunity to change the world with real estate. And the first thing I looked at was the deficits of this country that I belong to. Mm. That was 1.7 million, and I said to myself, "I can't even build 10% of this." You said
3: 1.7 million in deficit. Deficit. It's homeless
2: people. Mm. So I said, "Wow, what a great opportunity! I can't even close 10% of it, but guess what I can do? I can change the skylines and I can spark a revolution in this sector." And so I entered, not from the real estate perspective. I entered into the real estate by having a plan to dominate and to develop the four sectors that sort of conspires to become the real estate. So one is commercial, one is residential, the other one is industrial, mm-hmm. and the last one is national. So national is a museum, it's our market, it's a, anything to do with the national development is for the people. Anything to do with industrial development is for building the country itself, mm-hmm. creating employment, having the power for distribution channel, you know, um, you being able to export from your country, you being able to feed your country with agriculture, you know, uh, ag- agro processing, cocoa, everything, and sending it outside. That's industrialization. Absorbing, uh, ob- absorbing power from the sun, building the power plants, and creating plants. So these were the days of Rockefeller. I learned this from the Rockefellers and uh, J.P. Morgan's, the Thomas Edison's. These were the men that built America. So I took the uh, real estate perspective from the industrial mindset, mm-hmm. you know, and I decided to chase that part. And then, of course, I started with residential. But my residential part of the real estate was based on one principle, and that's maximization. Mm. How do I maximize the space to get more? So the first building I built was two buildings on one plot, and I was supposed to build one. Mm. So, So when I sold the one that was finished, the other one was uncompleted, and I moved in. And then when I was finishing that, whilst I was leaving, I started another two. And so that's how I was moving, maximizing the land until the day that one day I realized that I had eight different awards from eight different countries and everybody loved the maximization I did, which is number one, being able to put 108 apartments on one and a half plots. Mm. You know, so that was the residential sector and it was quite interesting with real estate. Um, commercial, I had to turn the residential into commercial by moving into like hotel apartments. You know, so it was the same apartment, but I kind of advanced it, upgraded it to suit um, humanitarian Mm -hmm. needs. You know, where you work, live, and play. But it was like a hotel room, and all the hotel services were there. I became a big competition for the hotel because that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a competition for Airbnb and a hotel because Mm -hmm. they were the two standing giants for accommodation, and they were sharing. They were taking a stake of almost sixty three percent of human um uh human values in terms of accommodation, you know, and that was shortlets, mm-hmm. accommodation. You know, so that industry was big. And I was looking at the numbers from that perspective. So that's just the history of my real estate career. I just wanted to summarize everything. But of course we go deeper into it if we go into mm-hmm. Petronia and all the other things with Mariel to the W's, the Hilton's, the number ones, the Qualys, the Belair Crest. You know, I started connecting these things like portfolios, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, for me, I would advise any kid out there that to put your money where your mouth is. It's not about putting the grills on your teeth or diamonds in your neck or putting a big watch on that you don't even wear it to tell the time. It's about having some landmarks and leaving some footprints Mm. on the earth that God has given us to manage.
3: So we are gonna get back to the real estate in a second. Yeah, I, I want to first start from foundation, right? Let's talk about Ghana. You know, let's talk about Africa. Let's talk about the diaspora, the, yeah, the yeah.
2: Prince of Africa, prince, yeah. Africa power, yeah. money. You know, the the real estate is good and everything, but it's it's it's
3: the later stage we can. Wrap yeah, up. I, I, but it's important for people to know because in this conversation we're gonna go through different nuances of thought, right? But from the spiritual aspect, like for me. Coming into Africa, I recognize a different type of wealth, right? You know, I've been to your city of Kumasi, right? But we're standing in Accra, and it's known to be one of the most peaceful countries in the world, right? There's, some, there's a level of wealth that the people have that they may not know, right? Because they can't see the stress and anxiety that exists everywhere in the world, right? So in America, the average American is stressed. They have anxiety, and even the rich are depressed, Right? But when I look at the people out here, there's a level of joy and peace that exists in their hearts. It's the beauty of life, 19. And I'll tell you why.
2: When God makes you so handsome or so pretty, you either don't know how to cook or you either don't know how to do something. But you will be something that everybody wants to be. You never get it off. It's broken in pieces. I like America because America has a system that sustains humanity. Just humanity is gotten all they ever wanted, so they don't appreciate. Now, Africa is a problem. Now, we've been to places that you know people have to survive a dollar, Mm -hmm. survive on a dollar a day, okay? But then they have peace and they have freedom. So, you see, there's always something missing. What makes it beautiful is if you're about to build the link. If you can build the link, that fills the gap. That's when you can acknowledge yourself as one of the doers and the sayers of this world, which is my forte. You know, my best two qualities is investment and development. And when I talk about investment and development, it's not just financial or it's not just buildings. Development can come from technology, can come from humanity, can come from real estate, can come from so many other things in this world. your mind has to be tacked on development. You want to develop a nation. And I always say to people, until Africa decides to develop their nation, they can never build their continent. Mm. You need to develop the nation first before you have the human resources, the power of human capitalization to build your your country, to build your continent. No, it's the human resources that would go for the ethical res- resources. is them that will create the skill sets out
3: of a mindset and then let it flow. Yeah. You know, so, so what, not to cut your wisdom, but what can Ghana, because you, you, you said that, you know, America is a country that provides resources for all these people uh, and, and, and something similar to that. So what do you see as far as the way America does things and say so the Western world, And what Ghana can learn from it as far as developing its nation, because there's two parts of it. It's Western influence and ideas from a moral standpoint, I think, should stay out of Ghana. But Western systems, sometimes when it comes to developing a nation, right, I think those where, you know, you can take that knowledge and then that becomes the resource that Ghana needs. Well, I think Africa should stop trading their resources for governmental power or democratic
2: resources. You know, you don't need defense in your country when you're not going to war. Okay? You need security when you have resources. The resources can buy you a lot. The resources can actually bridge the gap between you and the Westerners. So I think we Africans and the leaders of Africans should stop selling their country to the Westerners because they'll buy it. Mm. That's That's what they have built their countries from. They build their countries from gold. They build their countries from cocoa. They build their countries from a lot of the resources that they've been taking from here. But in return, they never told us that, look, put the plant, put this, put that, put the power, and then you become as rich as ours. So, right. you know, you could cut the starvation and you can cut all the issues. They will never tell you. You know why? Because even God doesn't want us to know how he created us. So if somebody is taking something from you that makes them, don't expect them to tell you the secrets. They're not going to tell you. What I expect from Africans to do is that what can we exchange with the world to give us the value that they have created in the economic prosperity. What can we give to other parts of the world to give us the expertise who have built their infrastructure to create a sustainable economy for humanity to live right? These things were lacking in Africa. And if you think your resources are that important to the world, please lift your embargo or put on your embargo and sanctions Mm. and do a proper trading, you know? Trading is not just a battle of money and a product. Trading can be a battle of skill sets, of expertise, of infrastructure, planning, engineering, or this or that. In exchange for that, now I believe in one thing. I believe in hiring people, and I'd like to hire the people who are intelligent. Now you can check from all the resources of some of the greatest successful people in this world, and you will see that the people that they hired were some of the best people that put them where they are today. Mm-hmm. And when you dare go wrong and hire the wrong person, even if you are an artist, you start to decline. And that wrong person can convince you to hire them. Mm-hmm. Or they can convince you to let
3: you feel around them. That could have been their skill. Well, <laughs> <to> conventionally <me. laughs> Exactly. Without the skill of actually doing a good job. exactly, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, and I think that's what Africans are
2: doing, you know. Um, well, how do I see this as, mm-hmm. as an opportunity?
1: <laughs>
2: I see this as a big opportunity. To, oh, gosh, like my ancestors, right. you know, messed up. But I'm here to learn from the mistakes of the greatest people in this world, right? You know,
3: I think that, it, you know, it definitely goes into a mindset thing. That's a challenging thing that we have. I tell people, this is the greatest time in the world to be alive because of the opportunities that exist. We got the internet, we got AI, right? So it's like even a person that doesn't have a degree, right, can go on the internet and find whatever information that they want if they have the curiosity and the willfulness to do so, right? Most people out here got 3G internet infrastructure, but it don't matter if you give you 5G if you don't have the willfulness, the curiosity, the mindset to go research and develop yourself, to take an idea and say, okay, what is that that I don't know? Well, I'm going to be on the internet. Question ain't, it's not even about, you know, what you have, it's about what you do with what you have, right? And so most places with well, black people in America, you know, I think don't take advantage enough of the opportunities, right? Because if I say you now live in 2023 when our ancestors did not have the resources, but they had rights and demand, meaning that they wanted something. They had the willfulness to go out there and fight for it. They were trying to develop. They would be activists. They would be killers for it. They would be revolutionaries. But now we are a generation that have more resources than any other time, but we don't have any demands for our resources for ourselves. And so they trick us in a trick bag of being in this spiritual civil war with each other, right? And this is what we don't talk about enough. this spiritual civil war that we go through is, where did you from or calling you black or African or more or Israelite or all of these different things or that's not the true history and this narrative and there's this conscious spiritual wars is always happening, and the person you get pulled down from the most is somebody who looks like you, which is the very person that you're trying to help. And so when you come over here to Ghana, you feel everything that in America that is going on is a, and I'm speaking from a like a conscious political standpoint, it's all false. none of it matters. All of that is meant to constantly bombard my mind to distract me from what really is real, which is building and developing and envisioning and being at peace and allowing your imagination to conquer the world, because I believe in conquering, yeah. not from just a sense of, like, we want to plague and destroy but conquering in the sense that we want to control our own world. Yes, Like, you get to have a world where you come to Africa and I can see some statues of black men that were great. Hero tales, we don't have that at all. Everything that I have, it represents somebody else's world. Now, what I do have that represents my world is the emblems of self. I have knowledge of self. And then we build out everything to represent us. So we don't have excuses that's supposed to stand in front of us. We study history. We we, we sat cold for, we look back to move forward, right? Nothing is stuck in the past, right? And that, to me, is the spirit of, and the skills that we have today, because I believe everything we went through was to prepare us for What's next? What's this? Yes, and I agree with you 100%. But first of all, let's address some things about our society.
2: Okay. You know, being black simply means to me sometimes, and that's just my opinion, that we be like something. Mm. You know, because when you look at the color black, it's it's doomed. It's just dark. Mm-hmm. You know, so there is something that is hidden in the blackness mm. that we're not finding. Okay? And if you put uh, a drop of uh, parazone or something, it can go red or it can become white. <laughs> You know, and then when you see darkness, you can't see anything. You're looking for light. And then the minute you see the stars, that's when they shine in the darkness. So the question is, who are we and what is our society? Mm. Truly, we have uh, uh, some kind of identity crisis because we have segregated and separated ourselves on different lands with different tanks Mm -hmm. of what kind of humans we are. And we dwell now on our nationality instead of our mentality. Mm-hmm. We got to choose one. The mentality is a powerful thing
3: when you're, when you're here to pass time. So explain the difference between, in your concept, the nationality and the mentality. So, the nationality is when someone is so proud
2: that they come from Brooklyn, but they forgot that Brooklyn is a part of a region and a region that belongs to the world and a world that plays a part in the universe. So, you see, you've, you've sort of restricted yourself with a short foresight. That is nationality. Mentality is when you think around the globe, is when you think around the universe, is when you think around all races and you understand what people can give you in this world. That's when you know it's not about Brooklyn. It's about the world. And that's how I think. I believe in people activating, you know, the strength in in their mental power, Mm -hmm. you know, in not to let it be undermined by their national power. You know, all the communal power. Right. You know, a lot of black people are caught up in these thoughts. And it's painful.
3: And there's the, the the cosmic power, which is why I always wear my crown. I, I let the young... In America, we spread a nigger mentality, right? The greatest nationality of the culture is a nigger mentality, right? Because those are the values. But when we tell you that you're a god... It represents that you can own your own world. You set your own terms. And many people don't understand what that means. I'm saying I'm like my father. I have the ability to control reality, right? You're a man that very much understands the ability to control is reality and don't believe in the blockades, right? Yes, and just to, um, uh, well,
2: I wouldn't say point of correction, but just to make it more transparent to you, I believe in humanity. I don't just believe in color. I believe in humanity, you know, because I don't like to be judgmental. I like to be someone that has the power to justify. Because that's the only thing that will tell you what the end looks like. You know, so for me, whatever game that a black man or white man sees that they're playing, it's a lesson for me in this world. That can make me create my vision and build up my revolutionary consciousness to be able to create a change, and that change has to be redemptive, it has to be reformated. you know, it has to be a value added to society. It has to I have to be remembered when I'm not here, and my absence should be felt because I'm not here. And these are the souls that resonate with me, the likes of. Michael Max, the likes of King Solomon, the likes of David, you know, Hey Selassie, Marcus Garvey. You know, we believe in things that, you know, we feel like it's it's meant to be said, but the billion cannot say because they don't have the courage. You know, we believe in things that it's meant to be done, but the billion thinks it can't be done. So they're getting in the way of those who are doing it. You know, we believe in these kind of things. And when many spirits resonate with you, it's because you have learned from their greatest mistakes. So now, wherever their spirit is, energy, the universe is turning to a force behind you. I feel like that's the new person that I'm becoming. And in life, I must say that it's not about who you are. Truly, it's about who you're becoming. Because every day, there's an opportunity for a man to change. To the worse, to good, or to better. You know, so I'm changing. But I'm changing because I'm a man enough, I'm courageous enough, to confront my own color that, no, if it's not right, I'm not with it.
3: Yeah. yeah. I mean, but I believe that that is the ultimate challenge. That's, 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 that's something that resonates with us because most of the time when we're speaking, we actually never mostly speaking to the white man. We're speaking to restore faith within self from those who have lost it. We're speaking to the blind, deaf, and dumb who can't see even though all they have to do is use vision. Right. And oftentimes in America, we talked about this a little bit off camera. I'm a very much of a person that teaches self-sufficiency. Mm. Right. I'm very much of a person just like Elijah Muhammad, just like Malcolm X and many others do for self. Right. I'm very much a person that's saying that that white man not standing in your in your living room, forcing you to be lazy when there's a word of opportunity. So, no, I do not believe in the 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 past, you know, fixation, right, when there's the present power that one can take, which gives you the power over what comes next, which is the future. So what we do is educating the mind. But in that education, people think that slavery is black history, but it's not. It's not my history. That's the slave master history. My history is rebellion and freedom. My history is invention. When I went to Africa, uh, to Northern Africa and went to go visit Egypt, I didn't want to go. When I was a child, I wanted to. The reason I wanted to go is because I looked over there and I seen those big, beautiful pyramids and I was in awe of those people. But then at some point in time, as I got older and I took a step back, I said, wait a minute. The amount of things that we've invented in America as a people makes us brilliant. We are inventors and we like our culture is not hip hop. Our mass culture that we export is freedom fighting. That's the black American culture that people always get mixed up. Like, no, what we've exported around the world is consciousness, is scholarship. But they try to say that hip hop is your culture. (laughs) No, that's our entertainment. (laughs) Our culture is the real values that we spread across the world, teaching you who you are to stand up and be yourself. Right, So we don't come from a place of excuses. We come from a place of self-sufficiency. And so when you say about humanity 100%, I believe in the good of people because a person color can fool you, right? Because you think that you should be connected to a person because they look like you rather than think like you and have the same heart as you or mission as you or vision as you. And then that's where you can get lost because that person may be nowhere near your tribe. The people that have the same color as you
2: could be the same people that hate you the most. Now, when you are in a sea and you're swimming and you're looking for a land to land on and you find a land and you look in the land, you're about to jump but you realize that it was full of crocodiles. What would you do? Oh. You probably jump back in the sea. You know why? Because where you're swimming and the evil or the fish that you know in that sea is better than the crocodile you're about to find on a different land that you don't know. They might eat you faster. The point I'm trying to make here is that if we judge ourselves based on who looks like us and who acts like us, then we have defined ourselves within a portion and a part of this world. It restricts our mind, our brain cells, our heart, our spirit, and our soul to experiment this world. We have to experiment the world. That I agree. I think that that's how from the white man found us. I think that curiosity made Adam taste the apple, and that's why we're here today. Because then sex came in into I and we started to find ourselves in the spirit connected with the flesh. Now we have to put clothes on the flesh, and we have to try and religiously protect the soul, and a lot of people are losing it because they're not the truth. So it's a beautiful world, more so than the people. Now we cannot let the world be mean To us as much as we're being mean to ourselves. We have to understand that we came to meet these things, the nature, the water, the sun, the this and that. And that's the value that is giving us what makes us who we're becoming. I'm going to give you this analysis, and this is one of my syllabus that will come out one day, and I think a lot of people would love that, and a lot of people will follow that. Here's what happened. The sun... The sun is a very energetic, powerful environment for nature. But the day and the night came together, and they decided to fight to see who is more important. And so I started to study these two things and see how best they are. And guess what I found out? Mm. I found out that it defined the color of the world. And I'm going to explain it to you. So there is one human that gets up early in the morning, 5 a.m. to 5.30. He either walks for 30 minutes or runs. Then he has a shower, puts on a white or blue shirt, a suit and a tie. Then he works throughout the year, 9 to 5. He only needs one month holiday. But he can do it for the next 50 years nonstop. Very calculated with time. That man is a white man. Then at night, which is the darkness, there is that man that he can never wake up at 6 a.m. continuously for the next 40 years or 50 years and do what the white man does. He's more powerful at night. He performs at night. He recalls at night. He sleeps, but he also has have, have a lot of sex, production, babies, this, that. He's more active at night. And guess who that is? The black man. So these two colors in this world that the whole world is fighting over and being racial about is basically the same scenario that the God has never changed for us since we came to this earth. Every day there is a day, and every night there is a night. But guess what the day did? The daytime went to find the nighttime and said here I'll be your thinker I'll be your worker I'll be your manager I'll be your promoter I'll be your boss the nighttime slept on the daytime he never went to find him and hire him and said here you be my energy <laughs> you be my strength <laughs> you be my tie rocker so you can work for me now look at the world exactly this analysis of giving you is what is happening the white man always go and find the people out there the talents he goes and find them he scouts them then he manages them then he wears the tie then he works his whole life but he gets paid and build a conglomerate that the, the nighttime blah, will forever be seven he signs a contract he records the album now, he signs a contract for playing the basketball that was put together by the white guy. He signs a 50 million contract. And whenever they don't want you again, shh. but you see, God didn't create the world like that. He said that I'm the God. This is the evil. He has power. I have power. He does this thing, I do my thing. I can choose to close him down, but I need him. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? Because the thoughts, they come out of their darkness, you know, because the gold is formed when everything goes to
3: sleep. You know, a lot of things happen when it's in the dark. I believe this to be true.
1: People focus a lot on nutrition, body-wise. You know, I'm gonna feed this particular system of the body, I'm gonna feed that system. Very rarely do people speak about the mind. Very rarely do people speak about the brain. The brain needs the most energy, right? The brain is uh, needed to process. The brain is needed to, you know, compartmentalize. The brain is needed for so many things, you know. But we don't know what brain food looks like, you know. We know that the body's electrical, and what I understand about gold is not only is it super conductive, but it's non corrosive and it's a noble element. So they say that if I am what I eat, I want to be noble. You know what I'm saying? I want to be of the highest degree. And I also want to focus on mental health. I want to focus on gut health. I want to focus on energy. I want to focus on youth. I want to focus on, uh, you know, accessing uh, pineal activity, hormonal balance. Everything the goal represents is what I want to see more of. So, what better thing to do but align myself with this particular product and get it out to as many people as I can by singing the praise? of gold, which is something that our people have been doing for over 10,000 years.
3: I think what you said in the equation that got me thinking was the time part. What we do with our time, because time is a dimension in which any man has the ability to control. And you're talking about two wheels, two wheels during a cycle, a cycle of solar rotation and lunar rotation. Absolutely. And the power in the war becomes is who will control time during this rotation? And the moves that you make during that time is what makes it your time because it's not your time until you make the right moves. You can be making moves your whole life. You can be busy your whole life. You can be fighting for freedom. You can be fighting for things. Until you got the right strategy, until you learn the right knowledge, until you are in connection with the right people, it's not your time yet. The timekeepers of this world keep talking about what? Paper, right? They created a metaphysical system that controls time, right? And until there's another system in place, you have to go through the systems that have been, right? So it's no longer the ability to say I'm the strongest. So, hey, this is my time. This is my space. It doesn't matter. Strength is no longer qualified by brute power. It's qualified by intellect, right? And superior knowledge doesn't submit to inferior knowledge. But I wanted to chip
2: in what you said. Time does not belong to anyone. We shred it every day. The only thing that you can beat in this world is time. You have to beat time. Cause you can't cheat life; it'll catch up with you. But you got to beat time. A lot of people are not beating time. They think they have forever to do what they're thinking of. No, the future started yesterday. We're already late. So whatever revolutionary conscience
3: that is pricking on our minds means that we're late. And you know what like I like that because <laughs> I was, was going to challenge it, but I like it. I like it. No, because I like it because it's a mentality of urgency and of 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 renewed dynamism of now, right, and the power of now is very powerful, and when we talk about time, regardless of the concepts white, black, history, future, past, present the the importance is you know time domination, and especially when it comes to power is such a foreign idea to us, right because when to me, that idea of beating time is saying that. Your limitations is not what you can do within a day, right? It's not that you don't have a second, you don't have a minute, right? You don't have an hour, right? With right now, you can do something that it may take another man a thousand years. So a man's time is as powerful as he is. Look, time is the only thing that defines life.
2: Life is a gift, and it's a gift that people are going to pay a price for. The price is death. The only thing that sustains this too is time. So that's what's in between it. And how are you going to use it? A lot of people were trying to own up to their life. You don't own your life. Please, give up. Surrender to life. Let life be in charge. And take over the time. Because <laughs> that's, that's what you really are. You're not God to dictate your life or to tell the world that this is what I'm going to do. But you can prove a point to the world with the time. And when I say time, I also mean timing. You know, I bought a lot of watches in my lifetime, but never to tell the time. I only bought them because I wanted people to know what time it is. And that's their problem. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm on timing. I guess 2023, an needs one of the greatest leaders. So I went in. By 2018, I was already thinking for 2023. So I stepped in and took the crown. And I said, I'm the prince of Africa. And everybody said, there is no such thing in this world. Africa is not a country. But in my head, in my mind, for you, it's not. For me, it is. It's the time that I'm using. Because right now, it feels like Africa needs a prince. And Africa needs a king. And the lives of some of these conglomerates and organizations, the UN, the AUs with Asians and all of these countries behind them, who are they talking to? They're talking to countries with small-time leaders who are divided into constituencies. Okay, I'm talking about one continental prince mm. claiming the moment of time. And how did I get that? See, spirit, the spirit put the crown on my head and the universe became a force of me because I decided to do so in my time, the very time of the moment. I picked it. I chose it. You know, I'm sure that Jesus Christ chose to be Jesus Christ only from 30 years old. And he, he did everything in three years because the timing was right. He couldn't do it at the time that he was a, cup in, a carpenter's son. You know, he had to do it at the time that he became a son of a man. You know, so he, he, when you pick your time right, you become powerful. Yes, sir. You know, revolutions occur by timing. Okay, uh, redemption. Anything in this world is the timing. And there's a time for everything. But this same time can go around around, around around and around and around, around in circles. And it's going to feed us with billions of years. Okay? We are just passing time. And ours is just 70 years. Now, when you really break down the 70 years, this is why I respect time so much. A lot of people think 70 years is long. It's not long at all. You only have, you know, a thousand something days. <laughs> really active in this whole time. You know? Your first five years, you know nothing. You do nothing. Your last five years, you know everything, that you can't do anything. That's one decade gone. Okay? Then you slip two decades away. So out of the seven decades, you only have four. And you want to use four years to build the world, to have a wife, to have children, to build business, to become a billionaire? Come on. The time is not enough. So you got to play games with it. And I know that some people are probably listening to me now because you've granted me the opportunity to be on your platform, but this is what I want to tell people. That, you know, they should stop being stupid and depending on life. They should let life be in charge. Life brought them here. What they have is time. And they need to play the role with it. And it's time for black people to understand that they also have to be part of the chain of command. Mm. Explain that. Okay. So we have you know, the G20s, we have the the Americans, mm. we have the British, we have, you know, the, the all different clans. But we happen to be in these places, when they want to address us, they say black British, they say black American. They don't say you're American. Mm. They're still telling you that you're an alien. So mm. where is your society? Mm. How can you represent the world and say that This is my community. This is my society. This is where I belong to, like the Jewish half. The Jewish are not even in their country. They are everywhere in the world. But no one can go and stand in front of someone and say, Jewish American, (laughs) Jewish British, or Jewish this. They just call them the Jewish. Okay? I'm sorry, about some people might use the the word Jewish differently. And um, I'm not saying this as a racial insult, but I'm trying to let people understand how to own a space In the land that belongs to you in the universe and how to add value to a race that resonates around you of the universe it's very important these are the things that we can do with our time what are we claiming because somebody else is claiming us and tagging us he's saying you're black british (laughs) somebody say you're black american he's not saying you're american he's tagged you okay but black black is black and white is white there's no problem with any of us but it's just that one is doing more one is one is building more one is developing more so it's become like one is superior and then the one that is doing less development and less less this that 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 is inferior then it's affecting our children it's affecting our people and then our time on this earth is not utilized right because we're already born into a world that we're affected in the mind we're letting our capacity undermine our ability just because of the nation that we belong to. Just because of the nationality that we have accepted upon ourselves. Your mentality has to be stronger. It has to be stronger than anything. Your soul has to be powerful and your heart has to be strong and your mind has to beat. It's the exercise. You need it. Let these things work in your body. Now, like people don't understand that, you know, there's the human organs that needs to be activated. Mm-hmm. You know, people have been living on this earth for so long and they've never act- activated their soul or their heart or their wisdom. They don't even know how to absorb it. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't know where to find the wisdom. And how the hell are you going to build the wealth? And yet, they want to be a rich person. They want to be this. They want to be that. That is a wish. You cannot put a wish or a choice over decisions. Decisions bring you a wish and a choice. When you take the great decision with time, you'll be able to have a choice (laughs) because yes, you took a great decision and you become a greater person. You want hundred wives, like King Solomon, you can have them. But first you're not just going to jump up and have the hundred wives without taking the right decision and without timing yourself to be able to reach that target, that goal, you know, that whole thing ahead of you. Now I'm here to let people understand that I'm the perfect example of humanity, that I can prove to the world that possible is impossible because the word impossible saying that yes i am possible only if you can find me and you have to be able to take yourself into that world and before you do that you need to activate it like i'm saying time is a powerful thing it's so respectful that people are not respecting it and and the only reason why men get broken heart is not because there was so much in love it's because they lost the time you spend four years with a woman and then the woman leaves you for another man. Your heart is broken. Your soul is broken because you lost the four years. It could have been a lawyer. It right. could have been a rich man. It could have been anything. Time is it's it's also it's of a heavy
3: substance. Mm. You know, I believe that. And what you said was key. Especially when you're talking about the mind. What we often try to just give to our people is an understanding. That understanding is who you are and where you are not from a geographical standpoint from a time point because you talked about timing our people have always clocked cosmological events right we have always built monuments in connection to the stars, so we can know where we're at and what age that we are in because it is man time and it's the universe time and if you can get timing right then you can be aligned and everything that you do will flow so when you know when is your time then that's when you can execute. And we are in the time of executors. We are in the time of master builders. We're in the time where if you have light, you can't just have light. You can't just say, I have knowledge and I'm a good person, but not have good works. You have knowledge and you don't have courage to back it. You will never see
2: power. If you have wisdom and you don't use your mindset to create a skill set, you will never build wealth with it. You know, if you have understanding and you don't understand what is beneath where you're standing, you will never know what you're thinking. You know, a lot of people are not seeing these things. It's activations. It's activations. And I like the fact that you're
3: talking about timing, about this world, like, you know, timing. Our leaders don't know the timing. They don't. But, no, no. And, and if they do, they're too fearful to act upon the time, and the time is now. So the courage is not there, and the knowledge is not there. What do you think gave us this things? It's the omnipotent creator. The one behind the universe. But they make someone else their God. And when their God gives them access, then their God says, I will take away access if you try to use your time. You're very stupid to come and follow something
2: like this and start to worship it. You're stupid. When you see the whole earth with the sea that you can't read the end of it, a sun and a day, and nights and a star and the moon, and clouds. When you see all of this creation, please respect nature. I think people you know, are trying to look for wisdom and they want to be wise. But you know what? Let's define the definition of being wise. It simply means you need, you simply need to understand what it takes to be stupid so you don't repeat stupidity. If you have a nation or you belong to a nation, then you keep repeating stupidity. Please. You've you've activated your fullness. The The brain is gone. The wisdom is gone. The heart is weak. The soul is dead. And we have a lot of people like this in our society. But how do we build the new faces, the new young ones that are coming? We have to give them the opportunity to be able to claim back our heritage value. I didn't start the New Africa Movement as freedom for nothing. You think I need fame? No. Fame is when people know you. And when people know you, too many people know you. There could be half of them that are wanting your downfall. I needed grace. Popularity is when people like you. I've become popular because I do what I like, and that's my freedom my freedom of fashion, my freedom of thinking the way I think and doing things the way I believe it. And then I get to find myself that I'm not a president. I'm not a leader that is under someone's constitution or under someone's regulation. You know, I'm a leader that have found myself with people who are even beneath my level, but I can relate to them. I can go to them. You know, the world is mine this way. I feel good in this world. My time is being used right. You know, I can't wait for people to see what this historic moment is about. Because like I said, I'll surrender my life to life. You know, life is in charge of me. But I am the ultimate power over time in my time. Because I'm using it, you know, to capitalize on the moment. I'm building a movement out of the moment. It's not even written. I'm building it. The movement is being built out of a moment. So every moment, something is added on. And I'm learning every day and the lessons of the greatest people in this world is the mistakes that I've learned from. And it's building me. It's building me and I'm building my world and I'm moving with it. And I think our society is lacking that. But you know what? People are not saying it. The, 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 lots, the lots of our own leaders who came to this world and was talking about, oh, the, the black man is this and the white man is this and, and then always found a way to put a blame on someone while we become what we have become. Okay, that's the past. You can't dwell on that. You can learn from that. Experience is what provides you or
3: leads you to wisdom. But you can't dwell on that. But it was their timing. Because if that was never set in precedence, the spirit that we have today to take the time that we're in now would not be in existence. So the opportunities that we have today is often from you know the connection that we have from the work that was done before us. The problem is, is when you take something that was the right thing to do at the right time, at another time, and you bring that into today's time, right? You have to upgrade every existing system. You have to upgrade every existing movement so that it is in connection to the now. What do we need to do now with our technology? With our movement? What is the campaign of our education? How are we supposed to create trade? How are we supposed to educate the diaspora? How are we supposed to build? You have skills, you have knowledge, you have resources. I have skills, knowledge, and resources. I knew an understanding of having knowledge of self and self-awareness and consciousness growing up, how I must move in the world without excuses, right? That if I want to build a platform, I can't go to somebody else, right, that is not conducive to what they're building and ask them permission and then get mad at them when they don't give me permission, especially if I have a mind that I don't even need permission. We're no builders. See, this is what we got to see. But, but we, okay, so I understand what you say when you say that in this world, we haven't always been builders in this time. How we build our
2: nation yet? No, not yet. <laughs> wait, wait, have, we built, have we built industries yet? Okay, there's the banking industry. There is the fashion industry. There is so many
3: industries. But these are, these are one ways to build. Because our people have always we built spiritual systems. We built time systems. We built mathematical systems. Then go
2: back to that. Because whatever that made a black man black man needs to come back. I'm saying that
3: we have That's to I agree. Yes, and yeah. I agree with you. Like we have to claim our heritage right mm-hmm. Okay? Now why do I insist on But and also you gotta remember, that which they built is off of what we built. Without a mathematical system, nobody's building a building. Of course. Right? <laughs> Without emote Right. Without the master builders in which were, you know, systems sometimes which were immaterial, which were the, the understanding of the universe. So like you said, it's the last lost connection of what we built, which is why we're not building today. God is a mathematician.
2: OK, now anyone that understands numbers and letters can figure out a fraction of times and moments and can read into the future. Sometimes they call them scientists. Back then, we used to call the native doctors from where we came from. Now, the point I'm trying to make here, 19, is that we are the last race on this planet Earth that everybody is waiting for us to claim our heritage value back. And if we don't start working towards that and doing that in our time of living, then our children become losers and our children's children become losers because they're going to think that for over 500 years, for over 1,000 years, they couldn't revive themselves. They couldn't rebuild themselves. These guys are just going to be like the story of Israelites. You know, are they going to remain slaves? And you think God is going to open the sea into two now for us to walk through? No, we have to find a different solution, you know, from, from freeing ourselves from this slavery mentality. And you see, the mental power is working. Right now, slaves are not, you
3: know, people that are brutalized. Slaves, it's a mental thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, a mental uh, uh, victimization. Exactly. When anybody controls your mind and your will, they have become your master. Absolutely. And when you want to master your own universe, control your mind and your will. And if you do good will, you're working for God, right? If you do your own will, you're working for self, which it can be working for your lower nature, Mm -hmm. which one can see is working for the devil, right? And I simplified that in a very easy way because most people don't know when they're doing good or they're working for God, right? I like to work for God. He gives me orders and I go. He says be a general, then I will lead. He says be a soldier, then I will fight, right? And it becomes simple. And the youth of Africa, when the average age is 19, that to me is timing, right? Because that is a pivotal time in most people's lives when most people already this is why i'm here to revolutionize I, I caught up on this
2: opportunity and i heard you say something very important when you were speaking and you use the name of god you know being a controlled substance you know i live by god by his command by his movement his voice has been my instincts since i was born but you know what I know 90% of the people who want to find God and they don't know where he is, but they go to church almost every other day of the week.
3: Mm. Okay. Can I, can I ask you about this, man? I'm not to cut your wisdom. There's some parts, I see a beautiful picture of this African Jesus. And in some places, I see this blonde-haired man, Caesar Bourgeois. how is it that the african can still have a picture of a white jesus yeah
2: so first of all religion education these two things were supposed to be anti anti anti-disestablishment aneurism and anything to do with anti and this is a double no okay so it was not supposed to be established As a religion, education is, and Christianity is, other religions are. It's supposed to be a natural flow, a free flow. So if if you were born in the north, and then as you were growing, you started seeing people going like this, bowing down, you automatically do the same thing. So that's the meaning of religion, being real within your region. It's just the region that you belong to. Okay, and Africans' region of religion has become a dominated establishment that has been embedded by colonial masters. It's still the same belief, the same God, but now they've changed the pictures. It's just like the statues of Egypt. They chopped the nose off and painted it to look like something else that Pharaoh was a white man. Okay, so that is the truth, the naked truth of what religion is becoming in Africa. And if you're looking at someone, and praying to that person but your heart and your soul is not doing what that person would have wished for you to be doing for others then you're not doing the right so that's why a lot of people are lacking faith even though they're religious because they don't understand the spiritual connection of what god is to humanity you know god wants great thinkers god wants great doers that calculate the numbers, that respect their time, and want to make a change within the society and the nature that he has created, then he puts the crown on your head. So God is not a miraculous man that you keep praying and looking at the picture; and he's going to come and put money down for you or create wealth for you.
3: You know, God is in you, and that's where the system of bondage exists. And not just here, but since I'm here, we're speaking on the continent. But that's where a system of bondage begins and your faith and your beliefs. Because it can it can make you limitless or it can restrict you. So a person that has fear, right, does not have a perfect belief in God. Right? Because if 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 I say I'm going to do God's will, He tells me to do something, right? There's this saying that you know, even a dog barks when his master is being attacked. And if God's way of being attacked is when a person spreads falsehood, and the way that you stand up for God is by speaking truth. And people don't want to speak truth anymore, right? Because they don't want to lose position and access in a world that is built on falsehood. So therefore, the fear, right, whoever they fear becomes their God. And it's something that I like to remind people because many people say that they believe in God or that they believe in Jesus or Yahweh or whatever it may be. But you would never act in the way that he acted that made him the revolutionary that he was. Right. And when you can live in accordance to truth, you live at the highest level of life. Right. Because now you're not living restricted. One of the most valuable things to you, I imagine, is someone tells you the truth. Because how many people tell a man with wealth and power the truth? right so it's an asset right and everybody is not willing to give you that asset because they don't know they should but those who do they have given you something right that is more powerful than gold that is more powerful than a deal right they have given you something spiritual that you can utilize to build yourself up and make you greater and oftentimes people are afraid of making great men greater they think you have enough and why should you become more but great men are not satisfied with where they are because they know where they will be, right? And so we know that what same thing that you see that I've built out of myself, it was not to bring me to a point. This is a life that I will live, right? You may think that, oh, he's enough. He's built this already. No, that's not enough. It's not enough because of what I can do and what God is going to use me for. I see you as the beginning. Look, I see you as the beginning.
2: You know, for me, the end is the last minute. The future, I'm already in it. The past, I've already lived it. There ain't going to be any difference that will make me change my mind about what time is and what life is and what it means. Fear, you can give it to God. You shouldn't have fear as a human being if you're not giving it to an omnipotent power. And it's only one thing in this world that is stronger than fear, and that's hope. Hope can erase your fear, and we're trying so hard to look at how we can become like other people, but we're not uh, activating the hope, hopefulness in us. It's very important as a black society. What is our hope? What are we hoping to achieve? Because if we were 1,000 or 10,000 that hoped for one thing, there would be such a big impact. But we don't hope for that, we live for that. And I've seen so many stars in America who have become successful. And I, I'll pick two women, I will not mention their names, but you know, they had like 100 million followers each and um, they became successful. You know, one was probably worth maybe 50, 60 million. The other one was worth 20 million. And guess what? The fact that the other one made 20 million and she's coming and she has many followers, the other one also didn't like it. And the one that has got a 20 million can also feel it like, oh no, then I got to fight you. And then they're fighting each other when God has already given you the gift. When well, you just sit back and think about those who are stuck and drowned in fear. And then you start to use the 200 million followers and your 20 million coming together to create something, a product, a book, a story. That would resonate with your minds and would replace their fear with hope. That's impactful. That's something that we need. We fight each other for no reason. It makes us look stupid. That's the point I'm making. That when are we going to claim our heritage? It puts tears in my heart because a man like me, tears don't fall from my eyes unless it's blood. And that's because I've gone past feeling any pain. I can see truly. I don't know if I've been here before or if I'm a time traveler. But what I've seen before and what I'm seeing now, it's not getting any better. I need to do something. You know, we need to do something. Our people are full of fear. My book, you know, Freedom Jacob Caesar, The Rise of the African Prince, is my story is to become the hope that will replace the fear in Africans. Because what's the point of a young kid going to university and their mother has sweat all their life and their father or their fathers and have paid for their fees thinking that when you educate your child and they get a degree, they'll become successful so they take care of you. Only in the end to find out that they didn't even have a vacancy for the degree they acquired. You know, this story is sad. It's like the sheep spending their whole life running away from the wolf only to be killed in the end by the shepherd. This is not fair on us as a society. This is one of the things I want to do before I leave this earth. You know, creating that, that will of freedom to find ourselves again. Because when I look at the Arabs, I really respect what they've done. They've cleaned back their culture and they've built their United Nations of Emirates, of Arabs, the Saudi. Now they're part of the global speakers and they command when I look at the Europeans, they've built all their roads, they have claimed their reserves, they have built their factories, they are feeding their nations, they are educating them. When I look at America, north, south, and east, there's a whole industrialization, preservation, reservations, and a oh, whole Hollywood, and Wall Street, and this, and that, and Brazil, and many things is going on in a great circulation. So, they built their world. They're surviving. When I look at Asia, the Hong Kongs, the Singapore, the China, you're feeding the world. You're doing things. They want to look at Africa, I see death. I see sickness. I see fear. I see pain. I see a disappointed leader. I see see just negativity. But when I look and look, I see myself standing on a gold field and everyone around me is looking for what I'm standing on and they are standing on the same gold field. So this is what I mean that when people want to have understanding, they need to start to see what is beneath where they are standing so they can have respect for knowledge, wisdom. That is the equation of understanding. To know what God is giving, the power. For your wisdom, the power in your knowledge, to be able to understand that value, the power in your color, the power in your resources. You need to understand it. You know, we need to have hope. And I don't want to be a multi-billionaire to be so rich because I don't want to be remembered by riches. I don't want to be remembered by money. I want to be remembered by the legacy that impacted societies and built generations. That created the new redemptive revolution that became a reformative resource, which changed my world. So, what will you build? Well, it will start from me
3: developing up, seeing that it develop before you build. You have to invest before you build. explain. Before, let's, let's, let's get to this <laughs> explain the difference for people the difference between developing and building. Okay, so developing.
2: It starts from humanity before structures. Okay. Now, before you can develop anything, you need to be an investor. You know, so God developed us before he created us, before he built us. He already had a plan that the human eyes will be here and will be for viewing, that the nose will be for breathing, and the mouth will be for speaking, and the body will be for this. He had already developed us and constructed us in a blueprint inside his own mind. And so he used six days to create everything. But he probably used a million years, which which might look like a day for him to see how these things would have to be put together as a puzzle that will come together to create uh, a nature for people, for humanity. So human beings should respect the code that you need to develop before you can build. If you don't develop
3: your nations, you cannot build your country. It's impossible. So uh, so not to cut your wisdom, but development, to me sounds like when I talk about creating a new culture is remoralizing a culture right it's saying that okay what are the values that we will build our culture off of because if I say a culture is, is family it's respect right then we know that anything that we do that is in connection to building on respect and rebuilding on family and building on power building on knowledge of self that is in correlation, right? Because this is the womb. So development will be the womb. And then once you have something born out of that developmental stage, because in the womb is where you go through the stages of development. And then when you come out now, you're building that human up, right? Teaching them how to be erect and then protecting that, which you have built. Right. And so in our culture, we have to go back and say, okay, what are the values that make us who we are? Because if we go study every culture, they have value and connection that they hold as rites and rituals that they can build on top of. So the developmental stages, yes, I like that analogy because I believe it's something that we have to understand Is we're always trying to build, but what are we building Yeah, on? We're building on other people's cultures. We're building
2: our whole life on other people's cultures. Right. You cannot wear a turban and make yourself become an Arab. This is well, if, you, if you do it, you or oh, say. Yeah. you know, you're not building yourself. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Now we have lost our culture. So culture cannot be built. It can be redeveloped again. Yeah. And you can do the redevelopment from the younger ages. Mm. You know, the belly of the womb of the day. You can actually change the mindset of the younger people of today. And then they start to practice how valuable that traditional culture that you are embedding in them is for them. And they have to hold it with value. It's important. We haven't done that development. And then what is the investment? The investment is the actual time that we put in the play. It's important that when you look at the Arab system, they sent their children to Europe and America. They said to them, Go and study how they do the architecture. Go and study how they do the engineering. And when you come back, we're going to use it here. The same thing. And when you are coming, bring the people that you learn from there. Yeah. So what did they do? They extracted what they had already developed and added it to what they have to develop their world. So that's when the buildings came in. Mm-hmm. That's when all of these things came in. See, the, the, the fundamental uh, um, position that they had was the developmental mindsets. And how did they do that? You can see from the process, He sent people out to learn, And when they come, like, they bring people, and they hired other people, cheap labor, to build the tall buildings. Mm-hmm. And then they were like some uh, Taliban or some people wearing white uniform with white and some black thing in their head, walking around They didn't hold one block. And they were not the contractors, they were not the laborers, you know, they were the developers. Mm-hmm. You know, they were the developers, and the only thing that they built out of the development was the built
3: wealth. How will you build your wealth? How will you control your time? How will you develop your skill sets? Skill sets are your assets because it is something that you can utilize and leverage, especially once you get the knowledge to learn how to be able to control your reality. To be able to go wherever you want to, to be able to build whatever you want to, to be able to eat whatever you want to. It changes from when you're on survival mode at the lowest level so now you have skill sets that you can pay for your assets you can start to build wealth, and that's when you're at the highest level. Marcus Garvey was somebody who was a revolutionary. He had the spirit of an inventor, he had the spirit of an innovator, he had the spirit of an entrepreneur. He was one of the first to be able to give people certificates of stock shares in his company. And now we are in Ghana, and that star of the flag, it represents his innovation, that black star line, because he's seen something another culture had, and he wanted it too. And we see wealth being spread all across, and we know, knowing that the number one ways to build wealth is through the stock market. It is It is through investing. And one of those ways to invest in options trading. That means that you can make money either daily, you can make money monthly, you can make money weekly, you can make money yearly, depending on the strategy that you have. Now, I know most people is out there trying to figure out, well, how do I do that? How do we see individuals like Aristotle, where he gives his trades daily, and he has thousands of people, and they're making money? Is it real? What well, a question is, it has to be if it's transparent, because nothing is being hidden. Now, what we want to do is we got something that we want to take 200 people with us, 200 people to the highest level, by allowing you to be able to join in to the Honey Drip Network for just $25. Now, the reason we wanted to do $25 because we wanted to make sure that it was the lowest possible excuse barrier on the planet Earth. That if you can get the AI, if you can get the courses, if you can get the ebook, if you can get the teachers, if you can get the Discord, and every single thing that you needed, what's in front of you left? Just excuses. So, me and my brother Aristotle's eliminating excuses for the next two hundred people. Jump in, join in, learn how to trade, start making money today, and see if this is a skill
1: set for you. Peace.
3: See, now that's dope. Because look at the black Ghana flat. or the black the, the the black star in the Ghana flat. When you look at the development of Ghana, you look at the principles and the values in which it was built off of. So as I look at the flag, the flag is supposed to represent the values of that country, right? I don't believe in it. But I'm going to explain why. Just why it can be empowered if people understood the meaning. So, of course, the red, you know, is a representation of the fight of colonization on the blood that's spilled. The gold is the resources, right? And the green, of course, is, you know, the nature and things of the nature of the land, right? So what the, would you choose a record? Huh? Bloody times? Or Valentine times? No. <laughs> it's the Black Star that's the most important to me because the Black Star is in connection to Marcus Garvey Black Star Line. Yes. and Marcus Garvey Black Star Line was from the White Star Line. And he said if they can build it, then we can build it. So he built his own to show his people demonstration and inspiration. The Y-Star, sorry to interrupt you, the Y-Star
2: line became multiple facets of coastal lines. I understand. Which created the biggest logistical opportunities in this world. The black star is one black goddamn star that was never
3: timesed, was
2: never quadrupled, multiplied.
3: Look how many white stars you see in American flag. Uh, but listen, look at what it represented. It represented at that time, especially, and now, is that they understood that the entrepreneurial spirit, that same one that you talked about, you know what I mean? That there's no excuses, because that's what Marcus Garvey he was ahead of his time. He was saying that I want to build. If they can build it, then I can build it. He wasn't able to be successful in his endeavor, but the spirit that he had of innovation. And, you know, entrepreneurialism, he did not allow any excuses to be manufactured in his thought processes so that if the average person looks at that black star, it has to be a representation of somebody that is an entrepreneur, somebody that is an innovator, somebody that is a leader, somebody that is a cultivator. And I believe that if that was a principle, that when people looked at that flag, it was a reminder that we have to build something, But then that redevelopment process would actually mean something and it would be pride. In that flag, I don't. In that sense. I'm
2: sorry. I I don't agree with that. And I don't believe in that because, like I'm saying, Africa is probably a continent that we're standing on that's not the name. Okay? That's the first. So, believing in Africa changing is very difficult because spiritually, you're praying against something that is not what it is. Okay? Ghana means gods. How is this? Akans. um, And Zimano And Alata. So the the colonial masters have just grouped us. They grouped us by tribes, mm-hmm. and they used it to form the country. name. Accra, which is the capital town, is a city, a city contained by rough African, some city thing but
3: like that. But do you believe in you believe in industrialization? You believe in entrepreneurship I, and I innovation? Do, correct. I me? do, but I, I'm trying to say something here, right? So some of the things that
2: we are trying to believe in it are the same things that we have to change for us to indoctrinate our belief into society. Because it's not us. Why, why are black people who they are? Because we're living in a culture that doesn't belong to us. We believe in things that belongs to other people. We're chasing them. We're paying them every day. We put stuff in their pocket and we fight each other. And like I said, we haven't built anything. We haven't built our society we haven't built our industries we haven't even built our own political platform that governs the state of our countries the way our people will benefit from uh, from where i'm sitting i'm an african i have to take a visa in a passport an african passport to go to another african country i'm from ghana when i'm going to south africa i have to go in the queue in a south african embassy to get just a common visa to visit my own continent and then somebody that comes from america or from europe It's visa free. Come on. I mean, look, I, fine. People can accept that and they can embrace that. But for me, it tells me that, you know what? You're far lost and gone. Your nation is depriving, is being deprived from their rights. They're drowning. You need to save them, but you can't tell them. Just do it. And it's the kind of man I am. I'm not going to go question everyone, but it's very stupid of an African to
3: say to their own African, from the same continent, said that. I agree. When I went to South Africa and I found that out, I thought it was crazy. But 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 I wanna I wanna draw back for a second because I I don't see where the point of disagreement began. You know, because the thought process was that symbols are very important, but what's behind those symbols is where the truth lies. Right? And most people don't look when they look at that flag, they don't find a symbol of empowerment from the sense, maybe pride but not from the sense of thinking about a spirit of innovation and entrepreneurship. You know what I mean? And I believe that if, for that black star specifically, I believe that's a connection between the African and the American, right? Because what Marcus Garvey represented for us, he created a movement, a uniform movement. He had chapters around the world, right? He, he built up something that inspired other movements, you know what I mean? And the world wouldn't be the way that it is today if it wasn't for that. But the specifics, when I look at a man, look at what he's built, right? People look at Elijah Muhammad and they think about his theology and, you know, his revelations and his teachings. But at the time, it was what he was building that I look at because I don't think we went far until we built something better or more.
2: But I believe in signs. I believe in symbols. And I lean by them. okay? When you see a star in an African flag, it's a star. There are two different stars, and maybe we can Google it and look at it, okay? There's one which is the David star, which has eight angles coming out. Mm -hmm. And then there's one that is just a star that they teach us in classrooms, and
3: that this is a star. And that's what they have stacked in our flags. But that's what I mean. You just explained why I thought this is important. You said when they taught you in the classroom, they taught you it was just a star. When I look at it, and this is from my recent just thinking since I've been out here, I'm saying that if it was applied a meaning behind it, that if when you was a child, you said that when you see that star on the flag, right, it represents you can do the same thing that the white man can do. It represents that you can innovate, you can be an entrepreneur, it represents that you should go out there and build.
2: It forces you to more or less think that you're black and then when you see white stars, you react to them, okay? Because the American stars, the European stars, when you look at all of them, it's white. Every, every star you're going to see in a flag in any country that across Africa is white and it's number one. A lot of them. It, it's telling you that I just don't want one star. I want many stars coming out from the land I belong to. And stars are the people that create, you know, an environment that brings love in terms of entertainment, in terms of fashion, and light, terms, and light yes. In you okay that is the star and you need also leaders leaders are not stars leaders are like the moon you know they come the full moon and they end the movement and continue another one like the end of the life okay so i believe in signs if
3: you have to use the right because i read the code yeah, I believe in what's behind the signs is more important. Absolutely. Because if, if if you just see the symbol and you don't understand what's behind it, you're still in the darkness. Yes. And there's many people who think they have light, but all they see is the illusions and the symbols. And then, therefore, it doesn't have any power of resignation. This true. is why men, this is why people, they come and steal all African symbols. You got and the they truth. build brands. That's off that's it deep. And they use the power. And the African have the symbol around them all day but don't know how to grab the power from it to use it. So and therefore the it. communication is not there. Exactly. We were the first people to ride horses. Ferrari belongs to a
2: horse. Mm. A horse does not belong to Ferrari. <laughs> mm. A Ferrari provides you with the horsepower. Okay? We knew what our bulls would do for us. hmm Okay, Lamborghini should understand that this came from Africa. Okay? Hermes. Yeah. Africa. Okay. So now you've lost all your signs. To people who have gone to train it and turn it to a customer product and created the brand around it and now building the production. And the production has found distribution channels that dominate the pockets of these people in the world who are rich. Look, you're losing your world. Stop searching for it. Develop it again and let it be built. That's my point. Because they're taking it. We don't understand. You think I'd like to see my flag with one star on there? The most siniest flag for me in Africa, I'm sorry to say this. it, is Liberian flag. It's just like an American flag, but with one star on it. So, in, And they're still speaking a slang as if they want to be Americans. I mean, wait, well, even if I just came from heaven and I saw people like that and I already knew about Americans, I would laugh. I would say, what a copycat human beings. You know, we got to start changing things. We've got to start claiming this, removing and breaking and reshaping. That's what they did.
3: You believe in the United States of Africa?
2: It's, it's me. It's me. That's how I started my movement. When I announced the Freedom Queen, everybody was angry. But I have to build a currency. I have to build a currency to be able to unite Africa. I cannot unite Africa by human beings. You know what? Every country has over 100 dialects, <laughs> different languages, different borders. You know, whoever the colonial masters were, they're so smart that they create so so many borders, you can never find yourself together.
3: That's the, oh, create a system so complex. Exactly. The simplest concepts can never be done through But you can use currency to change it. And our currency is determined by someone from outside. A
2: lot of African money is printed from other parts of the world. And you have to ship our money to us. Mm. What is this? We're still slaves. You cannot go to China and say, I'm going to do that to you. You're not going to tell the Chinese man or the president that you only have four years. And if you don't, get off. Let another person come. No, 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 That is not enough. And we Africans also cannot go to America and say that, hey, we are going to bring your dollar down today. Your currency and we will lift our city up. Or we're going to do this. We don't go to people's country dictating for them. So how the hell people are coming to us dictating for us? We're still fucking slaves. I'm sorry, but, you know, we need to wake up. To that. Mm-hmm. You know, courage is a powerful thing. When you stand up as a courageous man. God stands behind you, mm-hmm. and the universe becomes a force behind you. Mm-hmm. That's where I discovered myself, because I was just a little uh, poor kid being raised by a penniless broke mom who is spiritualist and looking up to a serial polygamist father who is rich, but I never met until I was eight years old. And I found my way in this world. And I'm telling you that courage is one of the things that I dwell on. And I already talked about time because you know the only way I can utilize my time is to apply my courage to the decisions I take against my time Mm -hmm. you know and I think that we are sitting on ourselves you know we we should change some things we should remove it we should change some of our constitutions because it's not related to humanity it's not related to the system that can bring our people Mm -hmm. you know we should change the borders we should fight for the borders to be open and not close on us, mm-hmm. okay? Because it, it restricts us from trading with each other. So a borderless Africa. Exactly. And then give them a one currency so nobody comes to tell us the value of our currency and undermine the currency. That the value of currency stays when someone is undermining it. It cuts down. But if you let it be, there's value because there's demand. When there is a higher demand for a currency, the value is higher. This is why the Russians and Asians have just decided not to use the dollars anymore because they want to cut the demand of it to
3: value it. And it's interesting because it's easy to understand what the currency of Africa will be backed by. It's the easiest currency in the world to back. Very good. And for me the
2: freedom coin is a gold coin. And people used to ask me so What are you going to do, crypto, and this and that? I said, crypto in America is crypto. My crypto in Africa is not the American crypto. Mm, My crypto in Africa is that you have paper, I'm giving you gold. Mm -hmm. And that gold, anytime you can flip it to the paper. But if you don't flip it to the paper, your value is going up. So Mm. I was doing that to strip every goddamn currency on the continent, you know? And that was my way to respond to the Western world and the Asian world that you know, this guy is not just intelligent, he's a conqueror. Because I'm not telling you that stop spending your currency, is not valuable. I, mean, I don't have time for that. I bring you the easiest solution for you to see what value is. And you exchange everything and shred all the currencies and then you start to have one currency. And we can now talk. That, for me, that's unity. Because the only thing that will make us come together to do this is how we can trade with each other. What can we give each other? And what can we take in return okay that will not make us need someone to give us something that we think we need that's the first thing to create united states of africa the first thing you need to do and this was already going to be started by marco max Kwame Nkrumah, and patrice lumumba on the oau mm-hmm. you know and for these three people to have come from different parts of places and how they were separated how they were you know assassinated you know how other people were empowered in in, in their positions and from then the vision has been distorted that alone has become an inspiration for me to know that i can do more because there's been so many people that have come after that process that they never thought of it that is an opportunity to 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 finish the dreams of these people you know to to continue where they had begun you know for me i feel like i've been sent here to do that i believe in that because i can see clearly that if they were to do that you know it was a good spirit it was a good thing that was happening. It, it was something that would have changed the economy and the GDP of the entire continent mm-hmm. and be able to control the reserves of Africa, the minerals that the world is depending on. Mm-hmm. But no one is controlling it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's just separated and, you know, in countries and scattered in places where there are wars and all of this, and people are extracting it. But you know what? I'm not the type that will also go and blame the people who are extracting it. That's the world. The world is full of scavengers. You know, you... You let, you let it go, people will take it. If you're a woman and you open yourself, people will use you. If you're money and you put it on the table, people will spend you. You know, so if you have minerals and you open your borders for people to come in, they will extract it. Mm-hmm. So, and, I, and it doesn't make sense for us to go fight them or try to stop them. It makes sense for us to find a solution, how we can use whatever they extracted to, to become better in return to gain more wealth out of it and to feed our nations and to build them with it, to develop them with it. You know, you can only develop things by your genes, by your area, by your surrounding, by your world. That is how you develop things. So the white man might have developed technology because he had access to hardware and software. You know, that's, that's his world. He found it and he started putting it together. And when he put it together, he realized that. Out of it, he has to create one living thing. To into that, bit, into that technology, so he chose the spider web and created a network on the computer, mm-hmm. which today the the people call it websites. <laughs> yeah, everybody has built a web. You know, in their small world, and you know, now we're about to go into a new world, uh, which is the blockchain. You know, we're moving from um, what is it called? I forgot anyway, but we're moving from one technology to the other one, which is evolving.
3: Okay. Web three. Yeah. Web three. That was just something that I, I, I'm deep into study when it comes to web three and specifically Africa has a unique opportunity when it comes to the blockchain, because most places will have to rip out existing infrastructure But in most places, Africa doesn't have an existing infrastructure, which means that they can just adapt the new technology and build. Right. And so creating systems of leisure, you know, creating currencies, creating documentation and things of that nature. If the youth were to decide and be educated on these technologies and they had these particular skills, then Africa will be a completely new country, continent, a united Africa, because listening to you, The only vision that can be rang true in the minds of people that can synergize them into a movement of power is a united Africa, is a borderless Africa, right? Is an Africa that has its own currency and only the youth of Africa, right, are able to rise up because they run Africa, whether they realize it or not, because they have the numbers. And so they manage themselves the same way we talked about human capital. Then they can decide, you know, what are the factors in Africa that we want to see for the vision? Right. For the future, rather. And so when somebody decides to step into that position, let's say, want to be president or want to be whatever, they say, well, yes, you can. But what is your vision for Africa? Is it united Africa or is it the same thing that we've been having? Right. Because you can't feed the youth the same dream that they don't believe in. That's for the old reject. Absolutely. And I think
2: you're 100 percent right. It would be it would be a mistake for someone to keep blowing their horns that they're going to unite Africa when they haven't actually executed the templates, you know, behind closed doors and through darkness. Mm-hmm. For people to to understand that, you know, the light comes out of the mask that is around it. There, there has to be that plan of creating the currencies, manufacturing the resources, creating the distribution channels, industrializing the mindset and creating the skill sets. Which would become uh, a transgender um, transformation within society, within countries in Africa.
3: You said a transgender word. Yeah, yes,
2: it is. That is that is the level that is going because that their Africans have lost their sense of creation and development and where they are from. They still believe, as we speak, they believed in maybe AI now than themselves. They believe in technology than their They believe in information than their So they're never going to be able to be in control of what they believe in. They believe in it than their meaning that they can never create it. Which means you need to ethnic, ethnically cut a part of a continent, not to re- erase them, but to pull things away from them and start to put it in the hands of a new line of nation a new Africa that are moving with these ideas. But then you're not going to be there to be racial, judgmental, or whatever. You're going to just be looking for the intelligent team, people who can do the transformation. And a part of it belongs to that world. A part of it belongs to all different types of world. I'm telling you that we can't escape it. The truth, it's always going to be hidden from us because once we find out, There's going to be a big shift in this world,
3: a big shift. And that's why if Africa is to be, and I believe that it will be, Africa will be eventually the leaders of the world. It has to. It has the most human capital, the most creativity. The people that I hire from Africa are so skilled, right, but they're underpaid. If Africa is to get there, then it has to lead the world where it takes all of the lessons on how to build systems, how to build institutions, how to build governments, the technology of how to advance it. And it has to keep that ancestral spirit that's connected to the nature, right, of the human being. And it has to build these systems in a righteous way so that it does not duplicate systems that are destructive to the human being. We have to use the people. We have to. I'm telling you, it's not a lie.
2: Look, I've been building and I've been developing for a while. When I was just relying on just the local Ghanias to build for me, I used to go and knock on their doors looking for carpenters and plumbers to come and do the work. They didn't understand how professional this had to be because it's not their field. They lost the plot a long mm-hmm. time ago of human development and social development. So I started hiring the outsiders, okay? It made the outsiders hire the insiders. Mm. And they started forming, and it was growing. So that's the point that I'm making. Now, I'm not saying that we should kick the Chinese and Americans out of Africa because they're extracting gold. No, 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 no. You're welcome, but you're not extracting it. (laughs) Mm. You're building it here with me. You know, I sell it to the world. You get your commission. And that's just how the world was built. They came to take Africans and Chinese to build America. The Europeans, the English, United kingdom and pick the Irish and pick their own people to start building their colony, start building their, their kingdomship. Okay, you've got to pick people. Okay, David used um, Judah, used all 12 countries in, in, around Israel because he claimed the title. He claimed the title of his great-great-grandfathers, like Jacob's. Who we were turned to 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 Israel, and the stories of the Moses of Exodus. He said, "Give me all the countries that belong to my genes, where I've spreaded my blood over, where I've spreaded my soul over, and I want to be the one that dictates." That's how we should be thinking. And he didn't let anything out. And when he died, his son inherited him. His son, and one thing he asked for his son to do, King Solomon, who is, by the way, my mentor, growing up. He said, "My hands are dirty, it's bloody, so I can't build a church for God, but I respect God so much. So I need you to build a church." And guess what? The reason why God made King Solomon so successful and so huge because his father said, "Finish the church." No, it did it time still to show God that, you know what, although my father had this love for you, I have this respect and love for you, three times. And, you know, and that was the Trinitarian punch. Mm. You know, and that's how God that works. The way we think, sometimes we hit on his abdomen with our thoughts. That's what I want for the nation. Go ahead. You just got to be obedient and you got to be courageous and you got to be this, you got to be that. So the point I've been making is that Africa cannot be built by outsiders. Africa can only be built by us. But we need to have the skill sets of outsiders. We need to use outsiders as laborers and not as doctors. We need to use them as contractors. We need to hire them. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm going to do. My leadership is to partner with the world it's to partner with China. It's to partner with Asia. Is to partner with Europe. Is to partner with America. Please don't come steal me. We're partners. Because i got the reserves of some of the things that you will need to sustain your economy and your production level in your country or in on your continent. So on that note,
3: let's talk about Petronia.
2: Petronia, my God. Petronia is... For me it's one of my flagship vision and development of all time. And I had a dream when I was twenty eight. And um there was a voice that was speaking in the dream and it said, Seven pillars, seven this seven, days. seven days. and I don't remember the last seven something. And the last words was, and they'll be feeding the nation Now The dream was scary. I didn't see any face. I didn't see anything. But I woke up and something said, write the dream. So I wrote the dream and put it away. Then I forgot about it. Then one day, I was sitting in church and I was going through my emails while the pastor was preaching. Then I heard seven people. Seven nations, seven pillars, and that's how the city was built. And I said, wait a minute, I heard this before. But the second voice was so light, so it just reflected on that voice. I got goosebumps, all of us. Then I rushed home to go and pick the tree because I knew where I put it when I wrote it. And when I got to the bag, when I was picking it, it was inside a paper that's a side plan a long land I wanted to buy in front of the beach Mm. to play something like a Monte Carlo. So when I saw the dream there, I realized that, oh, no, this is deep. Then I started to read what I wrote in the dream. I wrote on a white paper, and I wrote it with my wife's eyeliner. I dated it, and guess what? It was 13 February. It was my birthday. I just turned 29. So I decided to build a city because that's what God had commanded me to do. But the cycles of how he took me through it, you know, to be able to find it was very complicated. Now, when I decided to buy the land for Petronia, I had to put 65 families, 11 subdivisional chiefs, one overall chief, and the entire commission, just to buy the land and register it. So that was the process of the acquisition. It took me three and a half years. I was traveling 330 kilometers from my craft to Takraddi, almost twice or three times every week, putting this figure together. My fishing had drifted, and then when I did that, I brought two professors to start to think about how the team would be put together, and we tried to get the name. and At that time, Ghana had just found oil, and you know um, it was in that area, so. I decided that, you know, I want to call it petrol something. And so we were going through Petrolina, Petro this, Petro that, Petrol this. So in the end I said, you know what, I'll call it Petronia. Mm-hmm. Because it's a city. And the reason why the Nia became an inspiration is because I was looking at Virginia, California, yeah. and other cities that had Nia at the back mm-hmm. at the back of it. So I named it Petronia and I said that I wanted to create the biggest industrial hub that will have a energy city around it and a technology hub so it's just industrialization but i needed petrochemicals to start and so that's how the whole idea and the vision was being built mm-hmm. it was out of the moment and um, i eventually owned the land bought it invested and brought about 12 architects different types of architects different type of engineers Shout-out to Caballero, shout-out to Gonzalo, shout-out to people, even David A.J. am um, sorry about what is happening to you, but he was part of the team. You know, um, I brought them together to build my way. Yes, and rest in peace, um, Zaha Hadid gave me a lot of great ideas. So I brought all of them together, and I started putting them together. But everybody has been against me since. They thought I was mad. They thought I'm crazy. They thought, oh, this kid, this is way, way too overambitious. But you know, after investing $43 million, after 10 years, they did a valuation and it was 380 something And that barely puts the whole basic infrastructure. So what I'm about to do, which is the methanol plant that will produce the petrochemicals that will give Africa the chance to be able to become industrialist by country, by country, by country. It's what's going to turn it into billions. And that's the template that I want for the entire African countries to use. To be able to lubricate the economy and create sustainability sustainability for their gdp so it grows without them having to lend money being lending money from other financial institutions because mm-hmm. the, the resources are here it just needs to be industrialized right. packaged and sold so we don't have that much importation we'd rather do more exportation. we have to suck other people's economy other people's revenue, other people's money, currencies into our system because of what we have. And that's the vision I have for Africa. Before I even went for the place of Africa, I already had this blueprint and I had this thing going on. But Here's the thing that surprises me how God works. So when I was um, eight years old, you know, I started a poultry farm because I met my father for the first time and he gave me and my brother money and I asked my brother that we should have the money to give to my mother. My mother was really broke. And my brother said, yes, but he didn't. So he went to buy eggs with the money, fried egg and bread, which was luxury for us at that time. When I saw him doing that, I was angry. It was the first time, I was eight years old, I learned how to let my anger quench my hunger. And, you know, I had to learn. And from it, that power has never left me, you know. And it was just a simple thought. How did he get the eggs? I wasn't angry anymore that I'm going to beat this guy for buying the eggs. So the average black man would have she let me down she disappointed me and it will eat you out of oh, what positive thinking that could make a great change I just said how did you get the eggs then I remember in kindergarten they talk about hen and cock so that's what I invested my money in the hen and a cock to get my eggs and you know I got the eggs after some time my mom built the cage and then I got my first 11 chickens and then after 8 months it became about 260 something chickens living chickens and eggs so it was a business
3: so that was your first hustle.
2: Yeah, that was my first business. And so I used to crush this mace and give it to them, you know. And then I had an antenna when I go, they all come. And then every time they hear this voice, they know that I'm calling for the food. And I throw it on the floor. And that's how I fed them. So I wasn't going through any process of, you know, going to them in the morning. No. And then after I leave them to go out and they come back at night. But sometimes when they come back, they come back with friends and they don't go back anymore. So, you know, my, my, my thing was just growing. You know, and I could tell it's not mine because they had ropes tied on their legs, but they had the same feathers like my chickens, you know, and they, and they kept growing. But I used to walk three miles to school and three miles back home, so six miles a day. And every day I had a good time to play when I'm walking, you know, and I was alone because my brother was always dodging school. But one day I walked into these birds and they flee. And after I walked, something told me that you're very powerful with animals. They just flew from you. So I said, well, maybe they don't know me. Then I remembered I had a sachet in my pocket that had crushed maize in it. So I went back and spread it on the floor, knowing how powerful that was. And when I was coming back from school that day, they were eating. So they were eating that, and from that day, I started feeding them. These birds were birds that, after some time, I walked so close to them before they moved. They have realized my, who I was, but anyway, they looked at my shadow. And it was an alley, and I was the one that was using it mostly. low. So I got interviewed on BBC, and a woman, after the interview, this nice white lady asked me, by the way, why did you name the city Petronia? And I just told him what I told you. He said, I don't know. I was looking for something to do with petrol, and then I ended up adding the near to it. So he said, well, maybe you should Google it. So I went to Google it, and I was reading what Petronia is. It's a bird. And um, so in the bird, something, something, build nests for other birds. And, you know, it, what's kind of interesting was I was reading, really, but a picture was downloaded. Yeah. When the picture downloaded, then I just saw birds. the birds. The words in his field. Yeah.
3: So this is like, like it it, it's, it's, it's synchronicity. Everything is full circle. Yeah, it you comes know. back to you. So, so that's how Petronia came out. We, we 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 do things, and then the meaning is applied afterwards. But everything has a meaning, especially if you search for it. You know. But having you know, out of all of the things that I, that I hear today, number one, having a vision for Africa is key. Right. So being a man who's already built and started the process of development. You know, I think people around the world, as they listen to this conversation, right, you can understand, because there's always questions. People on this, out of America always question, why don't the black men do this, that, and the third? People in us, why don't the African men, do they see it the way we see it? And what you're telling us is that you do see it, right? You are aware of the reality, but not only that, you're a man of the three things that we talked about before this, skills, network, and resources, which means that not only can you have a vision, but you can do something about it, meaning you can bring it out. Mm -hmm. And the the, 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 the thing that our ignorance keeps us away from is our resources. The thing that our ignorance keeps us away from is each other, which is our network, right? And the thing that when we don't have proper amount of peace and the right amount of education, it also keeps us away from our skills. And therefore, we're no longer feared because they know that you don't have what it takes Even if you have the passion for it, if you ain't got the resources and cares, you know what I'm saying? You don't know nobody. You can't do anything in the first place. So they say, oh, you little black man, you African man, you can dream all you want to. But you got to hire them. You see, the things that you don't have are
2: the things that you need to hire. The things that you wish for are the things that you need to acquire. The things that you want to control are the things that you need to build. We have to. Here's a black man when they receive a contract of 100 million, they give it to somebody who plans for how they will spend it. Hell. <laughs> you know, somebody has the money in the bank and then they say, Oh, you just need in the 10000 a hotel, I paid for it. And then they prove to you with the receipt. You just bought this clothes in Louis Vuitton and it cost 120000 And then they give you a receipt and prove to you that it's been paid for. And, you know, we need big on $100 million. Those are numbers. It can run out in days. Okay? What we need is to invest, mm. to purchase, not to spend. How much worth of property have you developed in your lifetime? I've done 800 homes. I've sold, you know, most of them. But from 2016, um, 15 is when I took the decision, and 16 is when I sort of confirmed and affirmed it. You know, I said that I wasn't going to sell anymore. I wanted to now just build and keep it as a portfolio so I will be known that this is my landmark, this is my landmark, this is my landmark. And you know, you know. I, I used to think that I had competitors until I took this decision. Now, I don't see my competition as what I used to see and I don't have value for competition anymore because I realized that attention is stronger than competition. And I only found out that all the people who were into competition in the long
3: run they just look for attention. So I just go for it first. When you say 800 homes, does that does that include like the hotels and things? Yes, and that yes,
2: yes, yes, yes. Okay. But the hotels and all of these are
3: things that are uh, part of my portfolios. Right. And Not only because in America, when we think home, we think of like a residential house. Yeah, but you see, in America, what you don't understand is
2: when you see like um, uh, a block of uh, a skyscraper, that skyscraper can have 300 homes in it. mm and every one of them has an ownership it's called splitted ownership every one of them so if you have the land you can spread it but if you don't have the land you have to compress it mm-hmm. build up okay but they're all homes the houses the this, the that guess what i wanted it What's that i don't even want the homes you know i want to build the communities i want to build the nations i want to build the countries I wanna be able to build a continent. That's what I wanna be remembered for. Because, you know, I don't have any great feelings for building skyscrapers when I've done a few of them already. You know, and if I do ten, people are just gonna say that yes, they suspected. You know, so you gotta move on to something. Mm-hmm. Something that can become a beneficial factor for society, something that can create a generational wealth for other people to benefit from. You know, that's the new spirit I have, the new belief I have, and it's leading
3: me to leadership. So somebody wants to come to Ghana, um, I, I, I want you to, if you can, you know, get a thought process of you are coming over to Africa, you are coming over to Ghana, what is the expectation? Because we see black celebrities, right? Everybody goes to Europe, everybody goes to Paris, and we understand the reasons why, right? Fasting institutions, tourism sites, whatever it may be. But what does it take to get that same, you know, um, celebrity power to come over here and bring that influence because it's like, you know, we've seen the celebrities with, and I'm using them as an example because of the the influence capital, right? With let's say the Mike Rubens of the world and everybody surrounded by and 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 impressed by the wealth that he's garnered, you know. But to me, when it looks over here in the type of wealth that Africans have, it's, it's a different kind of wealth, right? Because you all actually have power, right? Now, power is not something that we speak on a lot, but to me, power is the most necessary resource and asset, right? Giving you the ability to control your environment and the energy around you, right? You man, and you got cars, you got houses, you got hotels, everything that a person can think of, but how do we get a person to come over here and see Africa the same way that they see Europe, especially in just in terms of tourism, in terms of places to invest in, in terms of, development. And Ghana is the most peaceful, one of the most peaceful countries on the planet Earth. So the energy that you're going to get here is completely different than going to a different place like that. That to me is a pool of attraction that I don't think is spoken about. enough.
2: Of course. I mean, um, I haven't because I haven't had the opportunity. And thank you very much for asking this question. But I seriously think that, you know, the diasporans only come here because they believe that they can add something to this place but then they only realize after a couple of days or a couple of weeks that they belong somewhere else because the system is not suitable for their mindsets. Mm. Things around the human development, the social development does not relate to their vision. And then the system that has been created around these things doesn't make it easier for them to invest their time, their money, and everything here. So then they rather get healed and go back just because they start to feel like, yes, they're foreigners. Like, okay, I'm bigger, uh, Africa is too small. Like, you know, this is, uh, I'll go back and I'll go back to do my work. But one thing is a lot of diasporans are working for other people's institutions and they have acquired a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom and a lot of experience in the institutions that they're working for. But guess what? They've also become a slave to the institution because they will be doing the same thing for the next 40 years of their lives. And if they had a place that had that foundation that platform, that system, that they can straight away plug on, unplug to plug on, and get ready.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But Africa hasn't built this facet. They haven't built these things. You know, the leaders and the people of Africa talk more than they do. They rather like to wear suits and tires and then talk as if they have all the degrees from Harvard and Oxford. Who cares? The people are starving to death. There are no hospitals and there are no jobs. So you speaking on a good platform with good English and telling me what the white man has done and this and economy and this does not make sense to me because the people are still being deprived from their secession plans, you know, from their growth, from their maturity, from their economic prosperity. Economic balance is shaky. There is a lot of turbulences in our economies. Too. Mm. And then I can't stand there and say those are the leaders. But I can not also say that the diasporans are going to change this place when I know that what they come for, they don't see it. They only see like a sketching. You know, some tourism, mm-hmm. some sling for history, something, something. And it does
3: not change your life. It makes you feel sad for a minute. But she, you know, man, you said it right there. It was you know, a lot of people was mad that I, I did push-ups when I was there. The reason I did it, sometimes I just get inspired. I think push-ups is one of the easiest ways for a person to just physically empower yourself. Is you can get stressed instantly on saying, when I was there, it's not inspiring. It's none of those things. All you feel is there was an evil atrocity done here. It's a torture dungeon. So it, I never felt like I needed to make that pilgrimage, to be honest. And then I didn't want to walk away with that. I don't like nothing that pulls me down. Like, if it ain't empowered me and so free, yo. It off. yeah. So I worked out to shred it off. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm transmuting because that's always been my power. Like that. Transmute pain into power. Never walk away with your head down. I'm not gonna allow nobody to give me an experience on this planet earth that I don't walk away from more confident. Right? And that has to be a spiritual thing that we do. When we look at this melanin, right? I look at it and I see something that I have that converts harsh radiation into energy. That lets me know part of my nature. Mm. So when we learn history, I'm not learning it to be that Oh, we was victims. I learned, well, Shit, well, we went through that, but look at where we are now. Look at who I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know if I could go through that, then anything else that y'all talking about ain't nothing. I know how powerful I am. I know I can walk any place on the planet Earth, and my energy resonates, right? And when I meet other powerful men, I know what their power is as well, right? And I have the spirit and the humility to bow down to power because that's how I become more powerful, I like that. Yes, it's, you know, I felt the same.
2: That's why I asked the guy the first question. You know, like, you know, he, he doesn't seem to want to revenge mm-hmm. or change or mm-hmm. restore or mm-hmm. reclaim. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to follow him for him to teach me my history. And, and I was like, no, I'm not doing that. If this guy told he, if he answered my question right, I would have listened to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he was just trying to tell us that this is one of our biggest history. Mm-mm. This is our museum. Oh my gosh! No, oh, many museums, France, America, and everybody's created. Right. You're still talking about a slave dungeon, right? You know, and that's where you get paid from, and that's where you're proud of, where they killed your people and sold mm-hmm. your people. Mm-hmm. You know, fine. I mean,
3: it's for white people. They can come and see that what they did, but right. for us, you know, I think it's more for them, not for us. Like, you go see and have that guilt and do something different now. Something different, like I don't need to see it. I, I'm from America where I'm constantly reminded and I'm tired of the reminders because every single movie is like me going to that slave dungeon. When they make another movie about a slave, when they tell me another story as if I need to constantly be reminded. That's not where I started from. I'm in what was the um, quarters that they housed the women in. that leaves me lost for words because of the amount of pain that I feel. And then the responsibility that I feel to transmute that pain. To transmute that pain into power, into progress. And this is why we go so hard to bring consciousness to culture because of everything that was robbed from us during this process. I think it's necessary that people come here and they feel the energy of what we've been through, what transformed us. I'm not saying everybody's ancestral line came through this, but this is a part of our story. And this is the part that I think reconnects people back to the root of where our suffering began. And why it's so important that we be fruitful in gaining our freedom, justice, and equality. And why it's important that we know ourselves and not let the world dictate who we are. Breaking that bondage forever free. you know what I'm saying? God's forever. They came and they tried to Christianize a whole land and they enslaved and they Christianized you physically, right enslaved you mentally and spiritually. It has to be something that you decide that you free. You have to emancipate yourself. Nobody's going to emancipate you. It has to be in your dignity every single day that you move that has to be in your integrity in the way that you work, that has to be in your energy and the way you operate. It has to be soldiers and warriors and conquerors and kings and scholars and scientists and engineers and innovators and inventors and the creatives and the artisans all have, to have to go to a higher consciousness, to where we break the bond and we take something that was meant to break us, and we use that to break this world and build our own. i am be honest, man. It's one of them places you see the butterflies. I'm celebrating freedom here. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the horror stories, everything that went, I get the history, man. I am walking history. You know what I'm saying? We got to represent more in, in, in everything that we do. And it is always that deep, because if it ain't deep, it's shallow. You know what I'm saying? When we look around, this coast should be full of riches. Every country that participated in the trade should have to give back to this place. Should have to give back. Where's our reparations? Where's our reparations? They ain't repairing nothing yet. We repairing ourselves, but they still owe us for what they did. America can never thrive. America will never be a blessed nation. We'll always be cursed until those who have been done the worst in that land are made whole again. Until then, they have to continue to fall on their own sins, and they don't deserve to be forgiven, and we don't deserve to hear apologies unless it comes with everything that acknowledges what we went through. It ain't enough to take us through your school and your colleges without the consciousness to give us common sense so that we can move with our own wits and some wealth. Otherwise, y'all continue to parade us around death destroy us from the knowledge of our own mental health. We in these cities and y'all killing us. But now we back, giving you the game, revealing us. Man. This just makes me want to just just take over the world. For freedom, for power. Ah. Do me some push-ups here, man. Everything is just, man, this is my shit, man. Uh. Uh. So if you show me my starting point of royalty, of heroism, show me my starting point of warrior, show me the Shanti people, you understand me? Don't show me those who have been broken in the... They Get all- sitting on that
2: story, 19. Like, you know, the reasons why, you know, I felt like there is a relational connection and synergy uh, within us when I first met you is because, you know, I, I don't necessarily do what you do. You don't necessarily do what I do, but we agree on certain terms that we believe it's only right that humanity should be able to have on those rights. Yes, sir. Okay, so that's our connection. And. I think that we have great leaders, the likes of Mansa Musa and Marcus Garvey and the things that they went through and how we should teach our children about where these people wanted to lead us. We should talk about the King Solomons because they were the real kings of Africa, the Cleopatra's, you know, they were the kings of Ethiopia. Ethiopia was just Africa and the empire of Mali, where the gold was, where where, where Mansa Musa came from, and he, it's, you know, ever since regarded the richest because there's no comparison mm. based on the wealth that he built. But I learned industrialization from Musa. Industrialization in, in, in 11 BC. And he was the first one to, to introduce. I mean, this guy had 12,000 slaves and 16,400 camels and 64,000 followers. I mean, real followers, not Instagram followers. Human beings <laughs> that were following it. Real, yeah. like, you know, and I had to break down the equation. So the 12,000 slaves were excavators. He was using them to dig for gold. Mm-hmm. And the 16,400 camels, every one of them carried between 34 to 62 kilos of gold. So that was his logistics. That was his transportation. And then the 60,000 followers were his brokers, marketers, advertising, their stuff. That. So that's a whole industrial conglomerate that he created without a machine.
3: Well, yeah, that's the museum.
2: Exactly. That's the kind of things that you need to teach our children and our people. That's the kind of history we need to be proud of, you know? And that's the kind of clarity of of conscious thinking that we need to let our people understand that this is where we've lost all we had to date. This, we have nothing now. We're in the minus. Mm -hmm. So we need to, you know, we need to fight hard to come to the positive side. You know but you know what we've accepted the minus and we're trying to sell it to our own people Mm -hmm. it's a losers game we're playing and africa needs real leaders i have decided to make myself a prince and then one day i make myself a king by god's order and by god's command so why didn't you call yourself king i didn't call myself king because you know it takes a prince to become a king but if a king is already a king then someone can replace them or become a predecessor. But when there is no kin, somebody got to go find a prince. God found me. Mm. So there's no kin of Africa. So God found me. And the prince is being built to finally become a kin. And I know it's not easy, but I've sparked and started something. Something that would forever be a movement of the black society. They'll remember me when I'm here and when I'm not here, they will feel my absence. They will know that yes, where he said we're going is the right goddamn way. You know, we have to be our own kids, and We have to be a kin, not over some tribe. But <laughs> a continent. A continent that is filthy rich, richer than the world's economy together. Mm. A continent that you can find 3.5 trillion in on one continent. That's where Petronia is. Mm. One region is probably the r- richest region on the continent. Mm. Okay, one region with all the six to seven hundred regions on the continent. One of them has a pooling reserves over 3.5 trillion. I am a rich prince. If the world is listening to me, I am the most wealthiest young. The youngest African prince, and don't think my wealth is just riches. My wealth is wisdom. My wealth is courage. My wealth is power. My wealth is all of these elements and elements that God has bestowed upon me. I'm chosen. I'm anointed. I'm appointed. I'm ordained. I never saw myself as one of them. I saw them trying to find themselves in me, because I'm the son of a man that my spirit has been taken by a power that is so potent and decided to control it. So my wealth is big. I love it. I could have been anywhere chasing jobs and put it in applications, trying to be a chairman for some university or, you know, working in McDonald's or going to a nightclub, spending some money that somebody has just robbed from the
3: streets. No, 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 no. God chose me. You know, I never knew Africans were this confident. And I say it not because I didn't know, but I say it in the way that they try to show and showcase the African man is if he doesn't know who he is and there's nobody who knows who they are and there's nobody who has the confidence, the resilience, the ability, the skills, right, and the audacity to stand up to the world and build their own. They're not lying
2: because most African men have lost their faith. Faith is the only way to demonstrate
3: your confidence. And this is where I get to on my next point. The confidence that you are demonstrating today is the confidence that I want every African that watched this video to and be inspired by.
2: That's the hope I'm bringing for them. And then in return, all I can feel is a force of resentment or rejection or, or just attacking because when a black man doesn't have what he wishes he had, he starts to demonstrate jealous, okay? And then when a black man wish you don't have, you shouldn't have what you have, he start to become the enemy, mm. okay? Now these two things is happening in our circles. And like I said, I'm not here to correct people. I can't correct people. It will be a waste of time. I'm here to just add value to whatever that exists. Now, it could be humanity or it can be nature. These two things make my world go round. These two things change my world. So I'm only in return doing what is right by adding value to them. So I'm not paying attention to what people are saying about me or what people are thinking of me because I don't want that to determine my moralities and my strategy of changing this world, mm-hmm. you know, it's about giving and I'm giving it. Mm-hmm. So when I'm not here, you can see that I've filled that space, that space of energy, that space of synergy, that space of poverty, that space of hopeless. I filled it up. I changed it. I did something that brought the value to it. You know, and that's why I tell people that my main position or my main um, purpose of being here it's uh, I'm a I'm a humanitarian philanthropist, but not in the form of just going around trying to get this. that I'm a good guy. No, 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 no. My philanthropy is to add that value to humanity is to claim their rights back for them is to claim their heritage value back with them and to now have them standing on their feet. So the generations that are coming up see that, wow, this is a change that we
3: would never like to lose. Now, listen, there's a lot more that I want to discuss with you about. You're owner of Lions. <laughs> you have a car collection out of this world. You have uh, many different things that we can talk about just cause this is this is a conversation that can go into many different facets. But I wanna actually chop this up into two parts. Yeah, sure. So instead of just keeping the conversation here, I wanna have a high level conversation throughout Ghana. So if you can go take me to some of these places and show me more of okay. the world, because they hear this brother talking and they say I'm <laughs> That I man can't. you know what I'm saying? But I want them to see it, too. I think I
2: think I agree with you. I think I'm going to give you, you know, the Petronia, the plan, my development, all of that. We're going to go through that. So you see the wealth that we built mm. just on the grounds, the land banking, the value, the reason why we're becoming the great visionaries behind Africa. But I also want you to know that, we, you know, we're collectors. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But my collectors habit it's not like oh i'm collecting watches i'm i'm collecting whatever my heart appeals to Mm. i don't see it as a material i see it as one of the things that belongs to me on this earth so i grab it
3: now let me ask you one last thing before we go into the part two because you talked about the constitution you talked about the government structures issues and problems that exist here in ghana right and i imagine you have solutions for them but those solutions require you to be in a certain position. You're already the Prince of Africa, but will you be the President of Ghana? This
2: is a question that a lot of people have asked me and people have said upon me. You know, again, I repeat myself from the journey where I'm coming from. A young chicken farmer, you know, coming from a home of a penniless broke mother who's a spiritualist and then going into the streets, reading their maps and taking over every boroughs and then emerging from there and cross border movement into back into Africa after I finished with England and then decided to build my wealth in the corners of Africa until I hit the corporate center. Now it's time for me to envelop and enter a political scene. How can I go there when I don't know anything about it? Yes, I can and it's possible. The first thing that I need to do is just like how I became successful with real estate you need to either think about what you're going to do with the land or crush the building that's on the land and rebuild it again. It's something that, you know, people might not be looking at it from that angle. But to be a president of this country, I have to disrupt whatever existing political groups that have been democratized. Because if they could do anything better, it's been four decades of building structures that would give humanitarian rights, you know, and give citizenship value. And all of that is not being done. our economies are, have not grown. Mm. You know, our reserves have been taken, mm. but our country hasn't been developed. And then the papers keep claiming or the news keep claiming that we have fast growing economy. But when it comes to development, we're running behind schedule. Somebody's definitely lying somewhere. Media. Exactly. And, media, you know, media. so I don't I don't want to fall victim to all of this. And I think that, you know, it's a decision that I cannot take, but I would do it by God's calling. And if God calls me today and said this and that, which you might have done already, but once the calling comes, I don't say no to my boss. I only have one boss in this world, and he's about me. Once he instructs me, I do it. That's why I'm a man of many things that, you know, I've done within my time, that the people are beginning to think that how did they happen, including the politicians themselves, because I've never been there to do any business with them. And the bankers too. have not been there, so they're thinking, "What is this a Russians or what is it? Money in London?" Isn't the case? They're all wondering, like, "What is this?" No, 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 no. Wisdom makes wealth look beautiful. Wealth cannot date for wisdom. Glory and grace makes popularity become sustainable. You know, and you have if you have grace, yeah, glory, you have wisdom. I have this quality elements late gifts that God has given me and I have activated them in my body and I think that if God knows and believes that it's my time to rule not to lead because everybody has been led astray so I don't want to be one of them but to rule in the mathematical world there is one thing about a ruler when you put the ruler on the paper what do you do you draw the line straight a line needs to be drawn straight. Currently, we're all on crooked paths. So if he ever saw me in those alias, in the political
3: world, that means I'm ready to draw the line straight. I understand that completely? As a man who does not play with the politics, but I could if I wanted to, right? I can do just about anything in the world. You know, my mother was a school teacher. My father was a soldier of sorts. And growing up, the greatest thing that they taught me was who I am, right? And they taught me who I am so I know how to navigate the world. And when you understand the world, the ideas, the systems, the institutions, then you know how to, you know your starting point. You know where you are in the world. And then you understand how you must build things. So I look at all of those people, me having even one of the number one broadcasts and globally, right? People figure out, they study, what is the blueprint? How does 19 kings do it? But it's something that they can't understand. And it's something similar to what you said. They never seen the assignment that God gave me. I think you're such a
2: brilliant kid that, you know, you go past the number of your years with what you have acquired in the mental power of knowledgeable words that can execute, you know, a person's vision. You know, you're a verbalist. You know, you can actually speak into people's life and if this was somewhere in in, the 80s, you would be a prophet. You know, you would be speaking into people's life and it would be coming, uh, forming into a reality. The situation is, what is the world going to do with this young intelligent man who have decided that this is what I do and I prefer this over money? Okay? You've discovered passion. And passion is a great thing. It's a strong thing. But when the wisdom starts to regulate around passion, sometimes the whole world can bow before you. You know, a combination of things. And I have a strong passion of changing the world. You know, my war,
3: wisdom and resources, and Give me man wisdom and resources, there ain't nothing the world can do. Because even if they kill you, you still live by the impact you made. But I said this the last time, right? You need
2: a little more of that, a little more of the resources.
3: You see, my goal is duplication. The mindset that I have is infectious, so we spread it across the world. But anybody that wants to empower themselves, who wants to move, who wants to know themselves, who wants to know their confidence, the confidence that you have, where you've taken every experience that you've made and you turn it into a good trauma not the trauma that holds you down but the trauma that brings you up where i've seen dark things so it made me not want to be in the dark and i bring light yeah right where some people have things that they see and it holds them down instead i reverse gravity right and i said i didn't like what was at the bottom so i'll never be there again i'm not going to create a connection to it and for me it's about creating different dimensions different realities Showcasing something that's not being seen, giving visions to the world in ways that not being expressed. To not compare myself to any other leader on the planet, because I'm only me. My blueprint and my DNA and my thoughts—they're not my own. Sometimes I flow, and God just—he takes over the microphone. And he say, say. But I know what's more important than being a verbal, you know, master, and that is developing something. Oh, you're definitely
2: a prophet in these modern days, where you put a lot of hope into people by speaking with them. You see the best of people before they can even demonstrate it. And you want to be able to capitalize and capture it and give it a moment. So you put a blueprint stamp on it, but put value to it and let the valuation speak for itself. You know, There's going to be a time that the world will like you more than you thought they would. But that would be the same time that the world will be coming after you. See, when God's blessing is given to you, it comes with many things. It comes with curses. It comes with attacks. And you would be circled with a lot of demons and evils. That's for God's blessing is. It's not for everybody. Because you become a light that is visible to many people who are already stuck in the darkness. They could have money, they could have riches, they could have wives, they could have children, but their soul has been grabbed. And no matter how you put the light on them, they still look dark. Mm. They're a star that cannot shine through the darkness or glow through the darkness. You are not one of them, but God's blessing is on you. God's oil is on you. And the more you grow with it, the more they're going to come after you. I didn't know this up until some time. And that's why I said that I never let people determine my moralities because mm. these dwellings has come from that. My passion, my, my belief, you know, my courage, you know, it's, 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 it's a part of me. So I'm not trading it. But I definitely know that when you get the full blessing, the oil is on your head and it's a test for everybody. So for those who don't understand why Malcolm X or Martin Luther was assassinated, it's because this is the path they chose. They chose the path that, look, I'm ready to expose the oil in my head and I'm ready to stand in the middle of the demons around me, but I'm ready to fight for the people so they can start a journey a journey that will make a change. But you see, life is life, and death is a price. It's definitely going to come. I have fallen in love with lies, but I've been the most curious person to see what death is about to the day that my soul wakes up of my body. I never have an dream.
3: I have no fear. Kwame Tori said something similar to it. It's one thing to be willing to live for something, It's another to be willing to die for something. But the hardest thing is when you create a revolution where you're changing the lifestyle and the day to day habits and how you go about doing things. And this lifestyle of being confident, this lifestyle of embracing death, this lifestyle of embracing life, right? This fearlessness, this consciousness that people have to go through on a daily basis that. It requires them to look in the mirror and have a revolution every single day because they have to fight the world to be themselves because the world is trying to sell them a version of themselves that fits for their capitalism, right? But instead, a man has to look in the mirror and say, no, I impose my own spirit. Every single day, you have to have your own social contract with yourself that I will go out in the world, but I will not let it change me. And when I come back to the world, I would take all the lessons and experiences, I will put them in front of me, and I will decide which ones are valuable. Mm-hmm. And the rest of them I would drop. And every single day, I would go in the world, pick it up, and I would sort through what was good and what was bad. Wow. And now the world thing is changing me. All it's doing is adding value because I learned the ability to decipher what is good and bad for myself. Wow. Wow. You're preaching right now. And um, I want to say that,
2: you know, I probably haven't been in... In a conversation this long You know um, How did you Capture my mind moments And you know Got me to speak in my times When I was passionate And when I was calm And when I was reserved You know you got a few of my characters out You know I have a lot of alter egos But you know I don't like to show everything You know I could just be like a camouflage I would just say to play the order of the laws in the day where well, you got a lot of my characters coming out to this moment and um part two i spent a longer time I so I want, <laughs> I want to ask you yeah we should come back and we're yes. gonna do part two and i think i would like you to see Petronia on a whole large scale and you can see my mind from there yes, i'd like you to see ww and like you see what i'm doing with the Marriotts and the hiltons i like you to see what I'm doing with the technology hubs. You know, i like you to see what I'm doing with humanity. You know, how I enter Turkey, how I enter Asia, how I build relationship with these people. And I don't look at my relationship with entities. I look at it with the country. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at things on a bigger scale. You know, and I thank God for giving me this wisdom and this knowledge. So I might be standing with someone who is wearing more chains than me, who is more well-dressed than me. Not
3: a well thinker than me. This has been part one of the high level conversation with Freedom, the new Africa. Stay tuned for part two. Tap in. What are
1: the biggest opportunities in Ghana in your? opinion from somebody
3: outside of different various income levels thinking about it.
2: it. doesn't matter where in the world you are, look at the location that has the right basic infrastructure, the location that people feel peaceful and feel vulnerable and like to walk or have access to the place, and the location that is
4: close to landmarks I want to know, like, is the relationship with the banks, like, is that something you had to, like, get into, like, when you first started out?
2: You already know the tricks of the banks, You know? So, the only reason why they're rich is because they're great investors. And they develop their wealth. But the bank will keep you in debt and turn your debit to credit. Yeah. Then expand the spot your pocket unexpectedly. You. Then come back on you like the
4: devil. So after a certain point, like don't you have to diversify where your money goes? A lot of money isn't insured by the bank, so you gotta like like I, I wouldn't even know what to do once I reach a certain type of money. I'm like, damn, like you're gonna lose money after a while. You feel me? That's the point of diversity in the first place. Some cool. people might be asset rich, but cash poor. And vice versa. Like, they might have all their money tied to assets. But that's, that's cool. That is true. That is cool. But really the goal. Asset rich to cash poor? I wouldn't even call it cash <laughs> poor, though. I don't say cash poor just got a Peace. lot more assets yeah. than they no, have cash. Say that again, they have a lot more assets. So like they might own a hotel building that's mm-hmm. worth if they sold it for but it accounts to their net worth. Mm-hmm. But they don't have that in cash if that makes sense. No. Yeah. But they still worth hundred M's for owning this, if that makes sense. But that's better than having the cash. Nah, for sure.
2: Sense you need to borrow money from the bank to build real estate because it's going to take you 2-3 years to build it, that 3 years you're going to pay interest between 7-12% to 12%. Mm-hmm. Within, within 12 years you will now have an extra 40% mm-hmm. of whatever money you borrow to pay the bank at interest and if it's going to take you another one year to sell the properties then it's plus another eight to twelve, so then you're close to fifty percent. If your profit is fifty percent, it means you worked for the bank. They're gonna take it. Do
4: they have credit
2: yeah, on it? very stupid credit. Um, they don't. Um, they don't have student loans. They don't have a lot of things that the nation will benefit from. You know, I don't think they have credit cards. They have debit cards profit makes you become normal even a crazy man if you tell them pick this plastic 10 of this and i give you a hundred dollar he will remember to bring you this plastic
3: mm-hmm.
2: but he could be naked He's, once he sees profit you know his brains you know kind of readjust this off. so i always believed in executing whatever that I want to do with high intentions and skillful execution and to be able to do that which is the definition of quality but to be able to do that it's it's a lot of dedication commitment and passion you know so then the profit comes comes in not just as profit but also with reputation and at that time if you have a brand or if you have a company then you know these things become the reference
3: all right, so global market, right? You a man that have access to things that normal people don't have access to, right? Which also means that there are certain conversations that you wouldn't have because it's unnecessary to them to people who are not ready for that conversation, right? Right. It's like my brother I talked to earlier today. He was explaining when he went in there at first, he had come up with ideas, and they would be like a million-dollar idea, something of that nature, and they would keep turning them down until so they told him like it's not enough money, you gotta like you gotta have a vision or you gotta have a project that requires more in order for us to be interested. Because a venture capitalist is not about to break down five hundred million dollars, a hundred for every one million dollar project. So it wasn't until he walked in there and he was like, "Yo, I need fifty million or I need a hundred million for this," and then he said they agreed to that like instantly. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And then it changed his mind that. He never went to people with any more small ideas anymore because it wasn't even worth their time. The the difference between us and them, he said, when there's somebody that comes up or that has money at first, they don't know each other, but they will throw a party to make sure they know each other. Mm-hmm. He said, problem with us, we don't fucking communicate. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody is segmented in these different parts. Right. And that's true. So my thing be, listen, just because I do what I do don't mean like, Why are we not having conversations? You got information I need. I got information you need. But now we're at this point where we can rock nation brunch throughout the culture. Oh, my God. But everywhere we go, all we see is more work to do. Mm -hmm. They get to go and see places that are developed, established, institutionalized, that have been ran by families for hundreds of years. And it's like when I went to Parliament. So we went with Queen Diambia, and we was with Red Pill and Blue Pill. But she was kind of like on a peace mission. So we went to the parliament with her because she was meeting up with parliament members. But when you walk in, there's this roof of this building that's a Viking ship, right? And on the Viking ship, they have like all these different heads. So it's, it's like reminding them of their history of conquering. And then you walk to this other hall, there's this painting of every single nation that they conquered. Right. And it shows them like brutalizing them and killing them. Right. And then there's this pathway because they have the four guardians and each one represent different nations, very ritualized. And every time the queen walks in, she has to walk that particular path. And it's been that way for hundreds of years. And I remember just being there and it made me realize, like, you can't compete with a people who have rituals like that that's been going on for hundreds of years. You know what I'm saying? Like, the dominant frequency always wins. They're it's, built it's, it's to no attack. Way We're built to, to be possible. life. Well, it's just, there's this customs. You know what I'm saying? There's is this, 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 this built into the nature and the fabric of society, you know? And you can argue against it. You can say whatever the fuck you want. But until you build something that's an institution that is built to last over time, that's an entity right when you ritualize something that's beyond physical that's a metaphysical thing you understand the power so can I ask y'all a question do you believe us
4: pulling a the them on them is how we push forward as a black people we we pull a them on them you no know? oh, that's to prison. prison. i'm not saying attack them i'm saying like no, no. be more capitalist be more intentional about it's not
2: them. about attacking each other yeah okay it's about learning from each other It's smarter. You know, the only time you lose is when you fight back. You've already lost. If not, you won't be fighting back. you got to let go. It's not everything that you're supposed to fight. Fight Fighting is energy. And when you waste your energy and waste your strength, you actually diminish your status. You have to start all over again. Now, if you went to prison, And you saw that the prison had more black people there. 85 to 99% of black people will say that "Mm, they're putting more black people in prison than white people. No, I'll say it differently. I would say, let me look at the white people who are here and really see why they're here with me. And guess what? When you look at them properly, you're gonna see every, you're gonna see that every single one of them try to behave like a black man. And they put him there. Which means the white man really protects his own very well. Unless they switch their culture. When they try to act hip-hop, just to act like they track you in there. Yeah, I believe that.
3: Well, because to act like a black man is because is, is you're equating it with to act like a criminal and there's 45 million of us out there right and we have different segments of our culture but we start behaving like them you know what i mean because now let me tell you what in this country who were the first criminals in this country, who were the first thieves, murderers, rapists, killers? I think,
2: I think we're saying the same thing, but you're kind of rephrasing it differently. But I don't think black people ever act like white people. If you saw a black man acting like a white man, he's a coconut. So you you think, can tell
3: straight away. Actually, so, right, so when you go to the South, right, when you talk about migration, I forget what part, maybe Scotland or whatever it is. Even the way we talk, the ghetto language, we didn't get that from our culture. We got that from learning from them. Right. So we usually take a lot of their slangs and we adapted that from the South. Yeah, you know I mean? and we think that we came up from it, but we actually didn't. So a lot of the rituals that we got, and this is I think it's Thomas Sowell. He did a, a very great study on this. And he was showing the dialect that we got from the South, right? Because this is where we learned how to talk. Right? That's where you find the the closeness and like the ghetto and the white to the south is very similar. You know what I mean? They're almost the same people, right? Those people that if they really like grew up together, they'd get along. Because they almost had the same values. They talk just about the same. They're the same type of country. You know what I'm saying? Like, impoverished people in America are actually similar to the same. It's not when you, it's too when you go to different education levels and classes. Then that's when you start to see differentiation between the different peoples. You have a point, And I agree with you to
2: understand to get my point across and I want you to see how simple I meant what I said yes, sir. if you were born in a white society you're already a plus one ahead your education your credibility your credit facility your job seeking everything because they are separate around the best institutions the best families the best corporate and political families. They are the ones that have the people who are ahead of the game in their circles. The black people, on the other hand, have the best watches, the best cars, the best houses, the best clothes. That does not guarantee your job. That does not guarantee your future. The circles are blocked. Now the point I'm making is, these white people know that this is how we got our supremacy from. <laughs> so if they see any of their own color, not following that steps, and following the other steps, of the slave mentality people, they check you. I'm telling you. They yeah, pull the rope off you. Yeah. So that was the point I was making that if you go to jail and you look and you look, you're going to see that that white kid that is standing beside you has sacrificed to be like you. <laughs> that's why he's there with you.
1: But, but you uh, know? Are you, are you no, essentially saying though, saying, though,
4: like, like uh, being not a criminal me, is a no, black thing?
1: No, no, no. The
2: prison is not just a matter of being a criminal. You can be accused of anything. And the law will take you there. Okay, you could just cross the red line, and you didn't pay whatever stupid reason. You go there. Okay, I know. I know. You you could be you could be yeah
4: yeah play you it. you, said you it, it, but be But from.
3: I, you know when I explain things, I explain it so that if anybody else hears it, they can understand it. Mm-hmm. Because if if I was to hear this conversation as a spectator from the outside, I would hear you equating black people to criminals. Yeah, right. But no, I'm just explaining, I'm explaining the understanding of perception, right? Because it, it, it may be a misinterpretation of language. And that's why I like long form conversation mm. because it doesn't leave you, you know what I'm saying, being misunderstood. It allows you to actually explain what you said through a nuance because your, your language and your context of thinking is different. So I have to get operational definition from you. So we agree upon what that means. Black then people, I but understand. I but Black people of the times they are
2: considered losers. Now, I know it's painful, but that's just the truth. Well,
3: that's fine. You know, these are, these are
2: facts that we can't run away from, that your mom might know that my son is so intelligent, my son is so smart, but they don't have the opportunity and the network, the assets, to make your intelligence become a commercial factor. That can generate value for you.
4: You know what i don't like? When we allow people to vulture our culture, like uh, Vlad, um, who else? Uh, a lot of them, right? I ain't going to say no name, but let's just say Blad for an example. They would, or 1090 mean, They would I think, champion those vultures.
3: I'm not even mad at them because everybody goes over there. I'm not mad at them. I'm mad at us. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, I think what we be doing sometimes, we be getting mad at people for having good business models. And it's like, if I was him, I would do the same thing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not mad at the outside. It's how we behave and respond. And it's like, no, you can't make somebody famous and then get mad at why they're successful. That, to me, is crazy. Because the the, the opposite is, he can have his platform. The thing is, are you going to support somebody who looks like you, too? For fuck complaining about them Because the way I look at it is Whatever you pay attention to grows You know what I'm saying So if we paying attention to that Yeah this shit gonna keep going. But then this bro over here Doing everything right And ain't nobody gonna say shit I'll
2: tell you something I'll tell you one black man Right now that's acting like a white man But living in black man's skin totally Perry The minute he start to act like that So he took the chains off He will not catch him. He takes everything off. He don't know his dress code anymore. He only shows his mindset. And he comes with his pocket, and he comes heavy. This is like, I was saying, he's one of the greatest comedians because he came in as a comedian. (laughs) Now he's the sickest entrepreneur, buying their own lands from them. I'm telling you, if you have hundreds of him, our kids will be growing up, and every door they enter, there is a job for them. Every school they go, they can make them the biggest, because we have to be owners, acquisition. We don't have acquisition. Do you understand my point? That is one. Two, we don't have seats in the parliamentary world, in the political world. We stand in front of altars and wear gowns and say, yes, we're pastors and and bishops. And this and that. But God does not work with us full time. He does not. He lives in us. He's part of us. He does not work with us full time. Go get the real organizations also. Own it. Acquire it. And let's stop the excuses and the blames and all of this. Because you know where we end up? In the dungeon. You cannot escape the law of a man who has written his own law. So you have the same perspective I have on saving the black
4: community. I believe us becoming more intentional about capitalism, for one, and, of course, family, um, all of that, like family, capitalism, but, like, just in that, too, politics is going to save us. I just believe it's pretty much what he said. Like, I'm thinking we just need to be more capitalist, more intentional about
2: that. We have to be. We have to have slots. We have to be part of the world. We have to be part of the owners of the things in the world. We just don't have to be owners of materials. Right. Okay? We have to be part of the government state and own a share of the government pond. When you have that, you become very useful in society. And guess what? Society don't actually remember you because you're using your stuff all the time. Your mind is on your stuff more than you. They, they, they forget that you even exist. Now I can bet you everything, there are probably a hundred and something people right now in the queue trying to get in the studio of Tyler Perry and they forgot it's him. You just wanna get in there. Yeah. People are on the computer now and, and they, they forget that they're paying Zuckerberg. <laughs> Yeah, they're on Instagram, and they're enjoying their Instagram, but truly, they forgot who they're paying. Yeah, so that's the fact. Because when you're there, it's different. When you're not there, it's different. When you think you know, and when you already know. I'll break it down for you. If you think you can get $50,000 from me, and I don't give you $50,000. Because you were thinking, you're very disappointed in your stock. If you know you need $50,000, you will come to me if I don't get it for you. You're on to the next one, onto the next one, until you find it. Mm. So there's a big difference in knowing and thinking. But before you know, you gotta think. Some people just think and they cut the know out. Some people want to know, but they never thought of what they want to know. This process of life is very important. It's like a man who is trying to activate their wisdom without activating their courage. You can't can't find wisdom. And courage is not only based on strength. Do you know how much courage it takes a man to tell the truth? It's like 740 bhp horsepower. Sometimes that's courage just to say the truth. Just to say the truth. And it's not like you're saying the truth to be in trouble. But the truth will make you look small or little or stupid one thing you've just done for yourself is that you have demonstrated so much inner courage to set your soul free. And no money can pay for that. You know, people searching for freedom sometimes. They're searching for happiness sometimes. You know what happiness is? It's simply something that is missing in you. You're looking for it. You had it for a moment of time, then it went. Then you had the other one, then you had the other one. So you have multiples of them, then you've made them all go. Now you think you're gonna find happiness by laughing or smiling, no. You should have already known that happiness is a feeling that only lasts momentarily. But that moment, it's so important that you will not cherish it until it becomes a memory. That's how you didn't see the value of happiness when it came. Now, when he left, you see seeing value in your memory. How many men do you think they're able to go back? Or how many people do you think they're able to go back to go and restore their happiness? They couldn't. Why? Because the courage was not there. The mind was there. They can remember, The courage was not there. I think a black man lacks courage. And in my days, in my times of teaching the world about my own capacity and ability to be able to dignify what integrity in a man should lie within a society, I think I would teach them that. It's more than me giving them money. they got to activate that courage. You're going to meet a lot of people on the way. They're going to say, nah, you will make it. Nah, he's stupid. Nah, he's that. Nah, nah, nah. But you know, if everybody's saying, yes, yes, good, good, good. I'm sorry, you're fucking lying to you. <laughs> yeah. Because even God created the devil to give a balance. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> when everybody's laughing, at, yeah, 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 Be careful. When it's all good and everybody's clapping for you and this and that, leave that place. When you are at the peak and everyone is calling your name and this and that, come back down. revisit them. When it rains, it pours. And when it stops, the pours go away. Nothing lasts forever. And so black people understood how to switch and how to move. The right times, they would know where they're going. These guys don't know. They don't know. And they kind of blame people for what they're becoming. No, I don't blame the white man. I think he's smart. I think he's intelligent. Yeah, I think he's fucking intelligent. I would rather uh, challenge him by doing what he's doing and competing. Because he came to steal the gold. He came to steal your diamonds. He didn't spend it for himself. He went and built a country with it. You're stealing the physical dollar. And you're smoking crack with it. There's no way I'm going to choose you over that one. He's more intelligent. We're not accepting the fact. And when you don't accept the truth, you're still in the realms of lies. You're, you're being lied to and if you lie to yourself you have to lie a million times to yourself to protect that one lie that one lie that you lie to yourself and in, in your head you, you gotta keep lying again and again oh no oh, oh no oh. just just open up and accept the mistake because once you understand that it's a mistake if you say one plus one is four and you accept that it's a mistake, you're going to get it right the next time. If you insist that it's false, everybody might know it's too, except for you. Because you're refusing to accept the mistake. And I think our people are refusing to accept the mistake that we are not investors. We're not buyers. We're not owners. We're borrowers. We're talkers. We're jealous people. But We have the most strength, we have the most talent, we have the most minerals, the most resources, the best to be the best. We just couldn't be the best. For me, I call it failed. But guess what? The only one thing I don't do is to lose. But when I win, I earn. When I fail, I learn. But one thing I'm not doing is not losing. So I'm not shocked to fail, I'm not. Some people are. They don't want to accept that they failed. Me, I don't mind. I failed, okay, show me the better way. Let me do it again, and, and after I do it and get it right, let me show my people how it's done, and let them all do it. I think the time has come that we change our mentality to be able to national, nationalize all our separated and segregated black community or society to understand the value of race. It's not by you comparing yourself to another. The value of race is you standing up out of the others around you. That's the value. You need to be noticed and you need to be recognized. And guess what? We are the only reason why. But are the only melanin that Tells the world that there is a white person and there's a black person. Because if you were not there, Indians, Chinese, Lebanese, Americans, Irish, what, the, what are they gonna say? You're purple, you're pink, you're blue. No. We're the only ones differentiating the world. We're the ones who are also not proving ourselves. And that's the painful part. We're black Yes, that's that's That is the actual distinctive definition. And if you look deeper and deeper and deeper, you're going to understand that there are three layers on your skin before you meet the other person. So the other person could be you. It's just that his layers have come off. And that could be what? It could be evolution. It could be climatic control that has eclectically changed humanity. But you see black monkeys sometimes, but you see white monkeys too. The fact is they're both monkeys. You see American dogs, you see African dogs. The truth is they're all dogs, except that one is very dirty and they don't let him in the house. He gets up, (laughs) <laughs> you want to see an African, find an African dog. You know, he gets up, he, go out, he goes out there to eat, find his own food. The only thing that he gets from his owner is rent-free. Like, he just comes to lie in the house. They don't feed the dog. He Go find his own food. Go find his own bone. And come back home. When you want to see a European or American dog, <laughs> they go to the shop and shop for the dog. Sometimes they think
3: about a dog more than a human. This is the only time to, I agree with everything just about that you say. I think the only difference has come is when that dog that let's say is another color. Because it's another color, maybe it's smarter than other dogs. Maybe it's and not because it's another color, but let's say it's smarter, it's faster. It's your
1: environment.
3: Let's say it's it's, it's a better genetic breed or whatever. It's your
1: environment, bro. But
3: but here's the thing. The question is, is is this dog being treated equal, right? Now, let's say, you know, that's that dog that was born in the same environment, maybe even had the same mother and father, it could have been born albino, right? But because of the way it looks, right, it has to understand why am I being singled out if I'm like everybody else. No, I'm just saying from a, a, a social, like metaphorical level, because this is where we get past the race conversation and we get past the nature I, conversation. I don't want
2: to, support you to think like
3: that. It's so not us.
2: The fact is...
3: Is it a reality is the question. The reality of the situation. Because I don't live by it. I believe that this is the limitation. When a person is forced to think about their color, it becomes a distraction. You know what I'm saying? And the world talks about race so much it forces people to see their color. And then even when a person doesn't want to, sometimes, that they're reminded of it. You know what I mean? And sometimes that's to put them into a place. It's because
2: your level of development is so low that you are not part of the superior power. When you let yourself come low, you are seen low. Are you saying from an individual or collective? From an individual. Because you know you have to understand that your environment and your background is what you belong to. So, you were born in Atlanta. Maybe you were not born in Leonard something something, you were born in some other place in Atlanta. And your dream is to become successful. Okay? You need to start to think about how I'm gonna move myself, my mom, and everybody from this place where I am. Because if I stay here, my friend and my other friend, the life that they're living, they wake up in the morning, they go to school, but by 12 o'clock, they're high on weed and they're talking some crap for the rest of the day instead of thinking for the rest of the year. So if you don't move yourself and your family from there, it's only tomorrow that's gonna make you become like one. And that's what is happening in Africa when I was trying to differentiate the dog in Africa and the dog in America. Now, turn the tables around. If Africa had the highest development, the nicest of places, the nicest leaders, the biggest, the most powerful people and richest people, their dogs will be living as good as anybody
3: else. Yeah, the environment. Exactly. That's where it's not about the comparatively to the people. It's the systems and the environment and the conditions that they grow up in. For some that dictate their circumstances being stuck in a mode of survival. And then from other ones, because everybody's different, right? So some people can have a natural... Uh, disposition towards outgrowing their environment, regardless of where the hell they are. Mm-hmm. You can put them through a thousand bad circumstances, mm-hmm. and they will about, achieve, achieve, about, achieve. Um,
2: apes, look. There's the a black ape and there's a white ape right yeah. now in the jungle. Look, you can see the two of them. Like right now, just being in city. I just saw the two of them. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. But. No,
3: but it, but it's real. I mean, I'm a person just like many people that I know. They grow up in the same environment as other people, but they still break out of it and they don't make excuses and they execute and they're able to start building and start seeing the world for what it is. Now, everybody is different. Everybody, design type, personality type, whatever it is that you have in your head that makes you think the way you think, observe the world, analyze, that is not an opportunity that everybody has because your unique circumstances and the way your mind works calculates reality different.
2: That should be sure. Sure. Because there's no value in knowledge if it's not shared. The value of knowledge is it it being shared. If you can't share your knowledge, there's no value in it. you die with it. You'll be buried, you'll be rotten, you'll be gone with it. It needs to be shared. Now we're sitting on a lot of knowledge, a lot of ideas, a lot of this, a lot of that. We only open up to the one that we think that they have the keys to open another door for us to become successful. And that's the same person that wants to replace you with another one like you. Because he's realized that you don't have any power to make yourself become you. You don't have the distribution channels to distribute your own messages. He creates, he runs those channels. Oh, you know why? Because we haven't shared our knowledge amongst ourselves. We haven't
3: contributed we our wealth. Each other. Exactly. That's, that's the system. That is the difference. A Jewish people, they're going to invest in each other. Asians going to invest in each other. Whites going to invest in each other because they have standards towards wealth and power. We have no standards towards wealth we and power. We are
4: investing
3: against each other. 100%. We are paying money
2: to get one of us killed. We are raping our people. We are fighting to take our people's wives from them. We are beating our people's children. You know, we are not representing rights. But we have the audacity to say that somebody has made us become who we are. (laughs) I don't accept that. You think if I was God, I would slap the hell out of you. I'm not the reason why you're becoming who you're becoming. You are the reason. You are responsible for your thoughts. That's what God gave you, those brains. So if we can't see that we hate each other, we're killing each other. I mean... Hundreds of thousands of us are getting up.
3: Can we see that without acknowledging how we got there? Because it's not about blame. It's just about a lesson and moving forward. Of course. I just diagnose you like, uh, brother. Brother may have a mental illness. Well, let's see what got there. Maybe it was diet. Maybe it's environment. Maybe it was a physical injury. It's not to blame those things to live and say oh, I can't get nowhere. Say no. Now that we know, we did the brain scan. This is what you do to move forward. But without knowing what, you can't diagnose it to know what to move. So we can't ignore the diagnosis and the cause. Therefore, you wouldn't know actually how to create a, a cure or a remedy for it. And so for me, it's just all about what's the remedy.
1: No, I, I, yeah. I agree
3: with and you. I believe that's where the commonality and what I'm saying, what you're saying. Is. Yeah, I agree
2: with you to Some people might want to find out the
3: reasons why the problem has
2: cropped up. Some people already suspected that the problem will happen. So they were prepared. And they laced things up. So when the problem happens, they already had the solution. Some people don't care about it too. Just let me move on. Because the next minute is a moment that you need more so than the last minute. The moment that you had already. It's gone.
3: And there it is. If you do everything right, and you build and you create and you provide every solution, there's the component of those who oppose those who want to solve the problems for the culture and the people in the diaspora, right? So we've had many brilliant people who have started, begun, and tried, but they've also been assassinated and murdered. And so that's not an excuse to not continue to do it, but it's a lesson so that we do it in a better way.
2: If you become so big, And you can have 200,000 people standing in front of you in a parade just to hear you speak in the 60s when technology was not here. That person today would have had 2 or 3 million people standing in front of Mm him. I want you to measure that power. It's immeasurable. And your ass stays in a government uh, apartment. Hell no. You were doing something wrong. You we're doing something wrong. You see, when God gives you power, He expects the knowledge and the wisdom that the power is coming out from to build you wealth. The sort of wealth that will protect the power, the sort of power that will guide the blessing, the sort of blessing that would prevail the grace, and the sort of grace that would release the glories. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't connect this, and dot the i's and cross the t's and be able to execute the puzzle how are you going to become an oligopolic or a monopolistic disruptor how are you going to control the world no one person or one organization will come out of this world and take you out yeah the blessing is immeasurable when you're blessed Remember, you're surrounded by evils and demons. That's where it comes in. Let's go check this thing out.
3: How will you build your wealth? How will you control your time? How will you develop your skill sets? Skill sets are your assets because it is something that you can utilize and leverage, especially once you get the knowledge to learn how to be able to control your reality, to be able to go wherever you want to, to be able to build whatever you want to, to be able to eat whatever you want to. It changes from when you are on survival mode at the lowest level, so now you have skill sets that you can pay for your assets and you can start to build wealth. And that's when you're at the highest level. Marcus Garvey was somebody who was a revolutionary. He had the spirit of an inventor. He had the spirit of an innovator. He had the spirit of an entrepreneur. He was one of the first to be able to give people certificates of stock shares in his company. And now we are in Ghana. And that star of the flag, it represents his innovation, that black star line, because he's seen something another culture had, and he wanted it too and we see wealth being spread all across. And we know, knowing that the number one ways to build wealth is through the stock market. It is through investing. And one of those ways through investing is options trading. That means that you can make money either daily, you can make money monthly, you can make money weekly, you can make money yearly, depending on the strategy that you have. Now I know most people is out there trying to figure out, well, how do I do that? How do we see individuals like Aristotle where he gives his trades daily and he has thousands of people and they're making money? Is it real? What well, the question is, it has to be if it's transparent because nothing is being hidden. Now, what we want to do is we got something that we want to take 200 people with us, 200 people to the highest level by allowing you to be able to join in to the Honey Drip Network for just $25. Now, the reason we wanted to do $25 because we wanted to make sure that it was the lowest possible excuse barrier on the planet Earth. That if you can get the AI, if you can get the courses, if you can get the ebook, if you can get the teachers, if you can get the discord, and every single thing that you needed, what's in front of you left? Just excuses. So, me and my brother Aristotle eliminate eliminating excuses for the next 200 people. Jump in, join in, learn how to trade, start making money today, and see if this is a skill set for you. Peace.
2: First of all, I think, you know, inspiration, motivation, all the shin 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 that makes a nation. Okay? Everybody is after one thing. Everybody wants to be paid for whatever they do. Your girlfriend wants to be paid. Your father wants to be paid. Your mother, your son, everybody wants to be paid, which means everybody is chasing the money. And that is one of my biggest inspiration in this world. How come whatever everybody is chasing, I've been able to convince that woman to start chasing me. That woman is following me. That woman respects me. The woman is attracted to me because my wisdom overpowers it. You know, and I'm not going to sit here to tell you how to be motivated or tell you how to just be inspired, I'm here to share the code with you that the same thing you're following is following me, and is following only me, and that's money. And money should be one of your biggest studies in this world. Learn about it. Learn to give it to those who need it and not those who want it. Learn to invest it. Learn to purchase over just spend it. Money is a character but money is also the devil between humanity and God there is no such thing as a man with horns It's money and I'll give you a simple example you go to church for two hours in a week if the hours become four you probably get out and walk out of the church door because it's too long but from Monday to Saturday you work eight hours a day So please, can somebody tell me, who are these people worshipping? got to be careful how you chase the money. Let the money respect you, let your wisdom attract it. Well, this is what happened. I told you that three of them got sick after they went to war, you know, in the jungle because they killed one of theirs. And they, you know, because they were family and they were the only albino lions in the jungle. Hmm. Okay, they're from South Africa and they were the only albino uh, lions there. Right. So they thought that they were going to war with the other lions. Mm-hmm. You know, because they saw themselves different, like, right. like a white and black thing yeah. in the jungle. You know, and so and that's why I respected them so much and I had to pay to, you know, uh, get them killed, this, that, but eventually they died and, and they asked me what, they wanted, what I wanted to do with them. You know, and I said I want to preserve them. So I had to mummify them. And I've had them for six, seven years. And they look the same. It's very well mummified. In fact, they'll go to my house with me, where we went. We went. they will be somewhere in the house.
3: Mm, these are some big majestic beasts, man. <laughs>
2: so, I mean, people will never see a lion like this or touch a lion like this. But this is a lion. This is the head. This is how smooth the body is, the skin. This is how strong. This is how big they are. Their mouth, man. Yeah, and later on we we'll go to see the tigers too again. it like, cost to be the king. You know, so yeah. Um, I'm gonna show you this. These are all the projects that I'm doing in Accra. In some in Lagos. Um, so I probably wanna start from here. And uh, this is my mother Qualis. Mm. So you never went there. Um, so I sort of honored her by doing a hectogram and putting, in a, immortalizing her face on the building mm. on both sides. And this is one of my first um, hotel apartments that I did. Quality number one, very interesting. So number one, it's, this is the size of the building. And all that you're seeing on the sides are cantilevers. I built it on one and a half plot mm. with 108 apartments hotels. This is number two. So we're standing on number two now. The size of number one is such a small land. I'll show you next door. So you see the principle of maximization I was telling you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we maximize the use of the land and we sell the spaces. Mm. WWU is one of my favorites. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Caballero and um, Gonzalo oh, and uh, Zaha and many people architects came to do this. So this is a landmark. It's probably going to be the first W in the sub-Sahara of Africa.
3: Hmm. Behind what, this, was the, to cut wisdom, what was the inspiration behind the building?
2: Uh, it's a man and a woman. I wanted something that a man and a woman sleep it together, together. So, um, that's the outcome now. Show me which one is the man and which one is the woman. I imagine it's the man it's the woman. No, it's the opposite. That's the woman and that's the man. Because, um, so it's work, leave, and play. That's what happens when you get closer to a woman. Mm-hmm. You make a family. So this is the working part. And this is the living part. Mm. See, a woman turns a house to a home. So they're responsible for this. See, I was see going right? by shape. But you exactly. But that's how we see life. Right. We try to look at it from the shape level. Right. We don't look at it from the creative level. Like yeah. creation. So, yeah, this... It's in front of the beach where we went. I don't know if you were here when we went to the beach club, but it's supposed to be um, a reskating that you know there is two hundred apartments and four hundred rooms of a hotel and a marina. It's going to be the first one of its kind in in Ghana, and the whole front is the beach. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So then you got this JW Marriott as well. This is interesting. This is something that Floyd and I owe in downtown. We've got the land and they never gave me the permit. Still waiting for the permit. But it's supposed to be the first twin tower in LA after I built in uh, Bel Air, you know, residential. The next thing I was doing was commercial. I was doing it with Floyd. And behind it, so there are about a lot of projects that I have that is not here. Because the the scale is six and below, but you need eight and above to be on the scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these are the projects I do, I built myself, my team, you know, from the Wonder World developers. And it's one of the companies under the group, mm-hmm. of Qualys Group. But um, it's a little bit more to me that is it's more crazy. If you don't mind, I'll show you. Because if you're asking me yeah, about patronage. I mean, you know, this is
3: beautiful when a man can set his accomplishments in front of him and see his visions come to life. Man, that's inspirational. I might have to build one of these at the house after I build something. <laughs> 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 oh, man, that's beautiful. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. That's what it's about man you know you can show a person like i want to see all the other stuff but this right here this is inspirational on a different level especially for us throughout the culture you know what i'm saying we should be able to show things that we produce not just things that we consume and to be able to to build because i always say i would love to one day to see my logo on the side of a building because everywhere i go Right? I have to assume that the building is owned by somebody who doesn't look like me. So to be able to immerse myself and take this in, it invigorates my spirit and my soul. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. This is what I'm talking about. This is the matter.
2: So, oh, about to explain, see? Mm.
3: Freedom, you don't know what you're doing. So you're showing me this. You're about to change the world every day now. Yeah.
2: So, this is one of my first um, huge visions that I wanted to change the world with to build petrochemicals from methanol plants, from steel plants, from glass plants, you know, water bodies, power generation, manufacturing hubs. I learned these things from some of the great people like Andrew Kennedy, like Rockefeller, you know, Henry Ford. You know, they gave me some great thoughts and I wanted to do something bigger than that. You know, um, they created a lot of billions for themselves. I come from a place where billions are very hard to find, but humans in that capacity, mm-hmm. it's very easy to come across. Mm-hmm. You can find billions of people easily in the, on the continent. So this is the basic template that I wanted to start with. And this is what real estate has brought me to. The guy that started with two houses on one plot as a maximization, now owns a city and building it from scratch, I started it. I did all of this by putting the greatest architects together, engineers, everybody. So I own it. I own it, the acquisition, everything. You know, and I'm not doing it because I want to become more rich. I'm doing it because I want black people to start to see that there is more that we can do. You know, not just maybe owning a studio that can, somebody would just say a billionaire, but you know, owning a part of the world, controlling, You know agro processing manufacturing petrochemicals power generating you know uh, building your own glass from from the resources you know uh, there are a lot of resources on the ground there's iron ore there's silica there's cocoa there's gold there's oil there's gas you can do so much with that so that's that's the part of the vision now, what is interesting about this is the master plan. You know, the master plan is it's crazy. When you see how big this is, right? Let's come to the city. This whole thing you're seeing here is just here, without the middle. Mm. Okay, it's just on three hundred acre. So when you do this, then people start to leave in the middle. You see how small people's houses are. You see how small the world is when you live in one house. Mm -hmm. And you see how big you look when you have this whole whole thing in your palm. And someone that's got a big chip on their shoulder lives in one of these small houses. Mm. And that's gonna make you humble. (laughs) So yeah, this is just the industrial part. Now, when you look in the middle here, this is residential, it attracts it automatically. Over here, I must admit that I stole this st- straight from the Americans, San Francisco. This is technology hub. It's first Silicon Valley in Africa where I want to create my own mobile phones, laptops, you know, build all of that. And right. also do business with iPhone and uh, Samsung. They have to build it all here. Mm-hmm. We don't need to bring it from outside and pay taxes for it. You know, the minerals and everything that they need to build these phones. We have it in Africa. Right. So I'm giving them the platform. You have data centers and everything. And in the middle, right here, it's um, Energy City. So Energy City is like uh, Bahrain. And, and maybe Bahrain is one, Abu Dhabi is one. You know, you build pipelines underneath mm-hmm. the roads, you supply people with energy and everything. And, and that's when control.
3: Well, Houston is an energy city.
2: Yes. It's it's energy city and it's also an industrial hub. Mm-hmm. It's America's biggest supplier of industrial goods, power, uh, reserves, everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Now, this is the template I want for Africans. And every African country should have this template. Before the entire Africa can start to develop itself and develop the people in Africa, They need this platform. So even when I'm not here, they're going to remember me as Freedom Jacob Caesar. He went to bring the code, the key to develop. I know my forefathers fought for independence, but that's just them freeing us from the white people. This is giving you financial freedom. It's giving you financial power over your own resources. Turning it around and lubricating your own economic systems nobody can determine the value of your currencies anymore you don't even need the wealth because you just know how to survive in there you know so this is what i did with 2000 acre and uh, as you can see there's flight strips in there over there are university of gas oil finances you know educational stuff behind it i have a combination of. Hi, HO2 hydrogen, which is the next future. I produce 9 million liters a day of water, mm. clean water to drink, and I use part of it as a dam to support the power generation. Then I have the petrochemicals to mix for cocoa butter, to do everything. Paracetamols, everything needs petrochemicals in there. So, you know, this combination of things is going to give you the power generation and it's going to expand your industrial hubs, manufacturing hubs.
3: What's the cost on a project like
2: this? Six, seven billion, but this project will be worth maybe 40 billion when you invest that kind of money. And what about population size for the city? Um, this could be 60,000 inhabitants. Could be more, but all of this are industrial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they warehouses, they're factories, so it has more products. And humans,
3: mm-hmm. how much you think, like, as far as because this is the industrial aspect, so how much money, you know, what I mean, do you think you'll be generating from this on a yearly basis? Just this,
2: which is called the industrial hub, just this can generate 180 million a year, just this, yeah, mm-hmm. and it costs 290. It would turn over 180, so in three years, you would have made 500 and something. You would have made your money plus
3: profit. Now with with petrol, is petrol the energy of Africa's future? I wouldn't say petrol is,
2: but petrol falls as one of the substances under oil production. And today, every car you're seeing on this road
3: being 12, by pressure. So need that With would the city then, at some point in time, maybe it's 50 years, 75 years, I don't know, be ready to convert for a new energy supply? It could be. Part of it is green.
2: Part of it is green, all that middle
3: is, you know, HO2, high
2: energy, you know. Um, but I believe that we should do a combination mm. of energy resources to be able to to do what is right. I mean these people are talking about pollution, that's the reason why they want to go green. Mm-hmm. Africa is got them polluted already. We don't even have an industrial platform and we're polluted. Our trees is like, you know, sinus from gold that is chemicals that is poison the trees mm-hmm. and we're eating from it already. You know, we need industrial platform. We need we need to, it's, it's going to be diesel for me to power all of these things so people can get jobs, so people can get the right food to
3: eat and be able to
2: export goods from here.
3: And you bringing in the best minds all throughout the world to come in and build and power this city? That's what I,
2: I have to do. I have to invite the world to come and work for me or work with me. I'm not inviting the world to come and take from me mm-hmm. like how my forefathers did. It's not my style, that's not what I do. You know, I, I'm an investor and I'm a developer. I'm a visionary and I'm a revolutionist. So this combo it just throws me off the average person in the way they think. I think that Africa will be a better place if we invite the world to partner us or to work for us or we hire them to do. It. And you could tell that everywhere in the world did the same thing, they used the same strategy when Americans were building America, they went for black people and Chinese people to build America. You know, when UK was being built, they used the Irish people. They used the Scottish people. Okay? When Dubai was being built, they used the uh, uh, Pakistanis and uh, Indians to build Dubai. You know, but they had this, they had Shaja. Shaja is the industrial platform. It takes them 15 to 20 minutes to transport whatever a building needs from a manufacturing hub. In Africa, it's gonna take us eight to 12 weeks before what the building needs will arrive. That's gonna take you hundreds of years to to, to develop Africa. So this is the template that I'm giving to all the African leaders. Once I prove to them that this is the only way you can build your nation and build your country. And I'm doing this- collaboration and cooperation. Yes, and I'm doing this because no one believed in me, not the bank, not any financial institutions, not my family, not my country, not my people. They just didn't believe. It. So you have to believe in yourself
3: and you have to do what you have to do to be able to get to where you're going. And what year do you see this being completed? What year do you what year do you want to see this complete?
2: And this could start and it will never end. We'll keep going. That's how cities are like, you okay. never know. But in 10 years, I expect to see all of these things all over, and I expect Ghana to become the template, the example of how every African country should be. And at that point, I want New Africa Congress, which is my movement, uh, to be able to physically, financially, and skillfully replicate this in any other African country, which I know that they have resources. Look, Africa is, is rich. We have quadruple okay and you know we are going into the trillion world now but what we have as resources surpasses that however our economy makes us become the cheapest people on earth and these are some of the things that we didn't do for our countries and for our people to become a part of the global economy the chinese man does this it's very important to them american does this brazilians are doing it mexicans are doing it Everybody knows that if you don't turn your resources into products, how are you going to feed your people? How are you going to export things out of your country to be able to suck in other economies into your country? You know, if you keep importing everything out of your country, you're taking everything in your system and giving it out. So your economy will never survive. It will never sustain. And that's why I did these things. So I wasn't chasing the money to try and build some hotels to make myself rich. You know, I wasn't trying to sign some contract and show everybody that I got a contract and I'm rich. You know, I'm trying to help society. I'm trying to help my people. I'm trying to build my nation again. That's my vision. That's my mission. That's why I'm going. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for
3: showing me your vision. Thank you. Showing people vision gives them vision. Thank, Thank you.
2: Thank you. See my stepmom waiting for me at yes, home. Thank you very much. I I'll appreciate see you. your time. When are you leaving? wisdom. Sunday. Sunday? Yeah. So you're here. I'm going to see you. Yes, sir. This weekend. Yeah. If you you're time. leaving on Sunday too? I'm
4: leaving tomorrow night. Tomorrow night? Yep. Thank oh. you so much for
2: the hospitality. No. You're
4: always welcome. You're always
3: you're welcome. welcome. I'm, every time I come to Ghana, here. You're always welcome. Is there anybody else I should know out here that you think? Um, not, probably not a full high-level conversation, but I do short, little 19-minute ones. That'll be a good profile.
4: Um,
3: I advise
2: you to to make your content stronger. and Don't do too much. Make you special. My brother,
1: can
4: I take a picture with y'all too?
1: Yeah. freedom, freedom. I'm wearing my African
3: stuff. It's lit. It'd be the first time something like this has happened. Feel me, but the response from the way you speak, the way you carry yourself, who you are, your vision, and the multiple assets that we're gonna throw in, I think it's gonna be a great combination for yeah. your legacy in Africa. Thank you.
2: There's a guy called Gideon. He's one of my guys in the graphic department. he share a lot of videos with you. Okay. Yeah. he share a lot of content that would um, help you to create something very phenomenal. Mm-hmm gonna be like uh, great content from Africa that one didn't think. Probably, yeah. Be here. It's
1: gonna
2: be a movie. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't Thank do too sir. much. My movie is coming out too. <laughs> That's it, guys. <laughs> How are you? Uh fine. Can we cover these things? You know what you need to do to, to seal it, right? I think you have three holes, so it doesn't go deeper. Yeah. This is it's some is um. My trainer and he's the one that um has been taking How care of the party. I'm doing great. How is to meet you? you. Yeah this is 19 Keys. Oh I heard of you. Oh bless you. man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Nice meeting you.
3: Likewise. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. And you, you want to introduce the man behind the camera?
3: That's a Mechie, Brendan the Mechie. How are yes. you doing? Hey, I'm doing good, good. great. Yes. Nice yeah,
4: nice meeting you yeah. too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So Ametri is from Nigeria, but I know that he has, right now he has maybe more American in <laughs> 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 you This one? Yo, think about it. Let me know.
3: So, on our way to go see the Tigers.
2: Punta! Quinta and
3: Kente. You want to pass the other side to you go? Yes, I do. Go, yeah,
2: yeah, okay. go
3: pass it. Okay. I'll let you go, Greek Punta Kente first. Quinta <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey,
2: and Kente.
4: Okay, get up. So I'll do
2: it for you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Ah, good time. Here. Oh, wow. Good time.
2: Yes. So oh, wow. oh, beautiful.
4: Yeah. Good time. Come here. So beautiful.
1: <laughs> Give
4: me
2: It's 60 mm. 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 Uh. <laughs> Today they don't eat, right? Yes, they only eat the the Milk. Yeah. Mm. So they, are they already ate? <laughs> no, it's not a good day to go in. Oh, no, right.
3: uh, no good day.
2: Yeah, but I'm just saying that it's not oh, yeah. a good day for yeah, uh, outsiders uh, to, outside outside outside
3: to go no, in. No, no, no I, don't, I want don't want to be mistaken <laughs> for food. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> are you okay? No mistakes. Kinti, are you kidding? What do they eat? Cow yeah. every three days. They eat heaven. Mmm. <laughs> mm. They look
2: clean. <laughs> I mean, it's very good. It's white. it like. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the little female females are more,
3: female are
4: more hunting.
3: How long have you had these? 16 month break?
2: Right? Yeah. The year before they came
3: across. When you say cross, the year before they came out. Oh, okay. How do you, how do you, uh, banish them having sex on the air? I had
2: to stop them. You said you, yeah, because that's when they will be ready. Stop, mm.
3: <laughs> it's in a new phase, it's all good, y'all love eating a little bit. Good.
4: Good. There you good. go, there you go,
2: Calm down. there
4: you go
3: boy, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you love the keys. Yeah,
4: there you go.
2: Come on, man. Tigers, like, you know, I introduced my final lines that I didn't throw their bodies away when they die. You know, our vial tigers are like 11 or 13 of them in the world. Mm. You know, they're very rare. And, um, you know, uh, I'm glad that we have one in Ghana. So. Yeah. The Asians said that West Africa, East Africa, and North Africa will never be able to breed tigers because they thought that our safaris was not tolerant for such animals. You know, which I never believed in that because... I cannot stand up and say gold will not survive somewhere else in the world. And it's only found in Africa that everybody's got it, you know? So um, I feel like I had the point to prove to myself that we could take care of them. You know, I want to big you up, Sammy. You know, having that courage, you know, to be with these animals. I know it hasn't been easy feeding them and living with them and doing all of that. You know, today we're building the zoo for them. So it's one of the things that I also wanted to do was to build the zoo. The other one was to be the First one to breed tigers in West Africa, East Africa, North Africa and Central Africa. And then start to give one to like Kenyan president, give one to Nigerian president, and we start spreading it around as well. Mm. So you know we finally have tigers. So it's, it's it's a whole project. Yeah. You know,
3: but I value designing most. Yeah. I like that vision of making Yeah you know, Africa equal to the rest of the world. And the countries. You can't say, hey we got something you don't have. And it's saying no. Anything you can do, we can even do or we'll possibly do better. Absolutely. Which has to be the pride of a nation, has to be the pride of the countries. You can't look and, especially when it comes to somebody telling you what you can and can't do. That to me gotta be out the gate. So I like the idea and the vision of even some of the small things that you wouldn't think of. It's like having tigers everywhere. Because when you think of Africa, you think of animals. Yeah. You think of lions. You think of tigers. You think of all of these different majestic beasts that are out
2: here. Funny enough, this is the only two. <laughs> wow. The only West two. Yeah, they do have them in South Africa, you know, but talking about East, West, yeah. North and Central. Sony only two and they're red and they're beautiful
3: too. Very beautiful. You know, so And they're welcome and they yeah. like they like my crown, so that's why they <laughs> show me <laughs> some love.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, the government did try to take them away from me, you know, we had uh A whole lot of, you know, one-on-one me against the government and the government understanding the appendices that I had to go through to be able to acquire these animals and the safety of them. You know, at that time I only had the facility to be able to take care of them and, you know, go to a point where they had to compromise. Mm -hmm. So then I ended up living with the Tigers for for a year and some months now, you know. So it's part of my story to tell people one day. You know, even though one of the kids, by the grace of God, when the breed, is going to the, uh, the Prince of Africa's palace with me. Yeah. Them, yeah. You know, they will be growing up with me in the house. You know. Um. Yeah. So it's been like this, and watching them grow watching them eat, you know, I'll give you pictures when they were little in my arms and now they've grown so big that I can't, can't even lift half of them, mm. you know, and this is what just 40 moms can do, wow. you know, wild animals, yeah.